In this episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, how can you talk about a recluse clutch for over an hour? I don't know, because it's our show and we can do whatever we want. Anyways, Mike from Recluse comes on, talks about the new EXP 4.0, but this show would not be possible without the help of some amazing sponsors, Yamaha, Takomoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Support companies that support this show. Live from Pahrump, show 201, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Uh, my name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm here with Jimmy Tyler. Hey guys, how are you? And Logan is over there pushing the buttons. We can't believe that uh, that actually Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was on life support. Uh, that's why there wasn't a show last week. I, I, <laughs> I thought maybe I thought maybe it was going to commit suicide after 200 uh, episodes, but I guess I like doing this too much. So uh, we are back. Uh, this is the show where we answer your motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to push some buttons here on my side of the screen, too. Tonight, we're going to talk about where we... I took in some of the... Uh, did you read the, the, the things? Not that people yet. Said, no. uh, people said about the show? Read the first one is all. Yeah, so basically, uh, on show 200, I asked, hey, how can we make this better? Because we want to kind of kick it up. We only have 18,000... Uh, subscribers on YouTube, so it's not good enough. That's not. No, we need twenty. I need twenty, or people won't even look at you with, with unless you have twenty thousand. So, uh, by doing this crazy little show, however we're doing it, uh, we're kind of plugging right along. Our computer's humming right along. No. Yeah, it's trying to cool down. Too much information is going through there. So one thing we have tonight, we're going to talk about uh, Recluse Clutches. Uh, the Recluse just released, released their EXP 4.0, and we have Mike Campbell uh, on the, the Zooms with us on our, uh, on our uh, we'll call it our hotline. But, yeah, but we, hotline. We, did, we did go a little short on, uh, we have a sponsor opportunity that opened up, so you can now sponsor our hotline, because we did such a good job. The company had a hard time keeping up with demand and uh and they they don't need to advertise anymore yeah, so yeah. anyways this show would not be possible without the help of a lot of our sponsors of course yamaha everybody knows we like the blue crew uh taco moto sponsoring the rooster endo segment we've got our submissions for rooster endo and that segment is so good that one of the guys is skipping bible study to shepherd his bike through the pastures of rooster endo tonight Oh, really? Yeah. You, you have to guess which one it is. Yeah. Uh, Scott Sports, makers of really awesome goggles, by the way. Scott Sports mm -hmm. has uh, the Pro Circuit Edition goggles. Check these things out. If you're into the Pro Circuits, you know, the pipes and stuff, you can now have Pro Circuit eyewear, uh, courtesy of Scott. So there's some really awesome limited edition cool signature looking. Pro Circuit Prospect goggles. Uh, of course, Climb. Uh, did I wear Climb today? I did. I wore a climb helmet when I rode down to the to the post office in my flip flops. 
<laughs> I saw I saw one stripe in your driveway when I got home. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Either it rained or he ain't been riding. Something's up. No, I have I have been I've been on my knees working on a floor. Uh, DDC sprockets. Trail Tech, I put up a link in the chat for uh, a survey you can take. If you have any experience with uh, the Trail Tech Voyager, want to have experience with, uh, if you have experience with Trail Tech Voyager, want to take a survey, potentially uh, win 500 bucks. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up there again right now uh, just to make sure it's up there. It is. It is. I just did, I just did a, another one just so it's up there but if you want to take that survey you can potentially win some bucks they want to they want to know a little bit about they're obviously working on a new trail tech voyager and they want to make it even better and fast company flex handlebars bulletproof designs and of course double take mirrors so all on board helping us out with this show uh, appreciate all those companies they believe in what we do and they don't even make me do ad reads for them although i just do them off the top of my head mm-hmm so uh, is Mike in the in the room there? Should be. Can we bring him I'm on here. To the show? Yeah. Hey, Mike. Uh, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. You are Thanks, a technical lead over at uh, Recluse. Know everything about the uh, the the, the uh, clutches, correct? I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You've you've definitely helped me out a few times on on different occasions. Uh, I have been, uh, well, I've been using auto clutches since uh, the first time I rode a mini bike into the side of my friend's mom's car because it had an auto clutch on. It was a Honda <laughs> Fiddle Monkey 50, Honda 50. And like I put it in gear, but you know, when you put them in gear, if you hold the lever up, it, it doesn't go. I actually was down, down, down on this one. So I pushed it down and I was like revving it, going, Well, I know I've watched them. I'd never ridden before. I'm like, I watch them and they push down on this and they turn this and then it goes. And I did it, did it, did it. And finally I had it about half throttle and I finally lifted my foot up and uh, that allowed <laughs> the clutch to engage. Went full Larry. Right into the side. And I acted like it never even happened. Uh, there's probably some <laughs> dents to prove that it did. So, uh, I've been on auto clutches since the beginning. Of course, my CT70s had auto clutches, and then uh, even rode um, the when when the they were the original Revlocks. Remember those? When I remember yeah. hearing when about them. Al Al was de- de- designing the the Recluse, and Revlock had the the yeah. oh, one. Yeah. They were they were very kind of similar, really similar. It was a little little fighting over who got it first and all that stuff. But uh, that's long begone history. And now we're on. Well, it's gone from Z Start Pro, which would be would be called the original, correct? Nope, Z Start. Z Start. Yep. Then there was Z Start Pro. Correct. Which was, and then and then you went to EXP. Yep. Yeah. Well, they they started they started out they actually named it the Trail Clutch is actually what they named that one, and then we released the Core EXP, which included the components. Okay. And then and, they uh, took out. S- didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah truck yeah so exp is now on its on its fourth uh, thing i really didn't know anything about it we had i had a viewer um contact me and say hey what do you think of the exp 4.0 i'm like i didn't know there was one <laughs> so i got in touch with you guys and said hey i actually the, the the good thing was is the website the information was already up there and it was only a few days after you released it and so the information was up there, and I looked at it, and, and it was funny because I remember trying some really weird stuff that Al had given me, like, in the early days where it was on the early EXPs because they 
they they weren't as good as the as the as the Z starts for me. They just didn't have the same characteristics and the engagement. It was sometimes it was too sudden and sometimes it was too slow and it didn't release the same way. But I can't tell you how much time I spent with playing with uh, metal balls <laughs> on those <laughs> ramps of different materials, tungsten and and. If, you know, the, probably some of them were radioactive. He gave me so many different weird little balls to play with. You'd have to use magnets to figure out which ones are which, and you'd be measuring oh, yeah. them on a very precise scale. And then, and then <laughs> you would tip it over, and they'd spill, and all your hard work is gone because you had to space them correctly. So I understand why that's kind of uh, gone the way of the dodo bird. But I've all, and I still have one in my Husaberg 570. I I will not take it out because it works. It I've got it working so good, but. The seventy degree uh, slant end, that one. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. That's that's uh, because it, it was. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Have I ever told you how powerful that mic is? <laughs> I've heard. Dude, we, that, we actually we actually have. Um, you guys remember Patrick Cother? Yes. You know, rest his soul. He's not with us anymore. But his bike was mm-hmm. actually in the front showroom. He had a a, a Husaberg FE 570 and a 450. And one of them we actually have as a tribute bike for him uh, at Recluse. And so that's funny you mentioned awesome. that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, Patrick was a really good guy. I remember uh, I remember watching Patrick peel the cylinder off of a GS Adventure on a on a on a on a ride out in utah one day he just he just clipped a rock i mean and by clipped a rock he broke it (laughs) with the the cylinder head and uh, but uh yeah so it's an expensive one (laughs) yeah so anyways uh so i was always really picky with that and i remember trying ones with like more balls in the ramps and just different things that they were trying to do before they went to the teflon pads and now you've gone to on the on the wedge and if 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 you i I probably should have uh got some really nice pictures and had them so we could you know show them on the screen right now but this is also quite an audio format there's there's basically a giant roller in the middle of the wedge now and then and then like two ball bearings on the side and kind of a different ramp profile inside of the the uh the disc and so what was the what was the the reason for this and and what's the expected result yeah so i i i'll i'll make it short but i'll kind of start with 1.0 because it's been kind of a progression and so 1.0 started out with we had wedges with teflon pads on them they were oblong teflon pads and man pictures would really help bring this visual together but i don't have them and then 2.0 we went to ball bearings stacked on top of each other the idea of it was when it expands with centrifugal force, there's virtually no friction. You know, when it expands, there's just it's just there, especially when centrifugal force is throwing those out. When you have a very small contact point, there's no friction. And so when that, that throttle response is dramatically improved when that happens. But what happened with the 2.0 is we weren't getting longevity out of it. It worked great when it was brand new, but, you know, it it. It depends on the rider, but a lot of people weren't getting the longevity they wanted out of it is ultimately what it came well, down to. I can, I can tell you, I'm whether it was the Teflon pad one, which is 3.0, and the, and the 2.0, which is the, the ball bearing, Yeah, I can get 500 hours on them, but I think I'm, I'm different. I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not hard on them for some reason, uh, but, but I did, you know, like, like actually, I actually got better life out of uh, 
the ball bearing one than I did the Teflon pad one as far you as know? like it it's like 400 hours versus 600 hours. And then, like I said, these are, these are in KTM 500s and 350s and all, you know, and they're, they're used for all different kinds of stuff. But it was, it was kind of a, it was sort of the, the ball bearings tended to tend to last just a little bit longer. The performance stayed, I would say the performance stayed more consistent with the ball bearings. But when you looked at the, when you looked at the, at the aluminum plate, uh, it definitely looked a lot more worn out where the, where the Teflon would, would degrade. I think cause the pad, the, the Teflon pad would pretty much go away. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would. And it, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because guys like you, Jimmy, you're, you're really technical and you know how to set things up very correctly. And I'm not saying that most dirt bikers don't know how to set things up, but I think most dirt bikers don't read the instruction manual. I was I was just gonna go, I was just gonna go there and say I was gonna say I think they know how to set it up if they would actually read the instruction manual. Which, by the way, you guys have a really good set of instructions. We try, we definitely try, and there's always you know who the guys are that actually point out that we're wrong, and it's like our grammar and stuff are the BMW guys every time. Hey, <laughs> 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 you need a comma here. You got to fix this. Anyways, <laughs> it's funny, but no the. The 2.0, it really was. It was a it was a great product, and it. But heat it, heat was its nemesis. So if you started to slip, um, that and the heat generated very quickly in a clutch, right? You got a lot of RPMs. So if it starts to slip and you don't fix the issue right away, um, that's why those were wearing out so quickly. So for the average guy, as soon as it would start to slip, you know, you got to think the average guy does well, maybe once a month if he's lucky. You know, like you know, most of us guys, or most of us guys, I can't really call us average because we're in the industry. We try to ride as much as possible, but for the average guy, you know, if you think of the guy that's just working nine to fives, he might get lucky if his wife lets him ride once a month. You know, and they got a family and all that kind of stuff, right? So when they go ride, if it starts to slip, they don't know if it's because it's muddy or anything like that. Maybe they don't feel connected to the rear wheel. You know, it's like the difference of a guy having 10,000 hours of riding time as opposed to a guy that has 500 hours. You know, it's just beginner to experts, you know, that kind of thing. And so they don't, a lot of guys don't, uh, I don't, I don't think they feel that connection to the rear wheel as much as guys like you, you know, um, you can really know what you know, when you're giving it throttle, it, it's not working, right? You're not, you're not getting that drive. The RPM is not matching your speed, that kind of stuff. And so the 2.0, I think it's nemesis was heat. So as soon as it would start to slip, it would start to pit into the aluminum, then the wedges would stick, and then it would start to stall, and so on and so forth. And ultimately, the vast majority of our customers, um, they had that issue. When it would come out of adjustment, whether they didn't know how to check free play gain or they just didn't know they needed to check that often, um, heat was the nemesis of the 2.0. And so that's what really drove us to the 3.0 design, was to increase the longevity. And it did that for our average customer um and so it's really interesting that you're saying that the 2.0 you got longer life out of it as compared to the 3.0 um because from a lot of really high level riders uh, like yourself i got that same kind of feedback and that's really what drove us back towards a 2.0-esque design um but the ball bearings were it was too small of a contact point on the aluminum and so by going to the roller pins there's actually two roller pins stacked on top of each other. 
And so that contact point or that friction that's being, uh, you know, that, that, that happens when it's being thrown out with centrifugal force, it's not nearly as much as the 3.0. The biggest thing with the 3.0 that we noticed was when people would get on the throttle, especially off the bottom, when you're first cracking the throttle off of idle, people didn't feel connected. They're like, there's almost a delay. Like you got to use the clutch lever or something like that. Like it just feels like you have to plan for popping your front wheel up over a log or up over a rock or up over a ledge, things like that. Um, where this 4.0, it really brought that 2.0 throttle response back, but with that much, much larger surface area contact on the aluminum itself, um, the wear pattern is dramatically improved. And also with the pins, because they're so much larger, we can really pay, play with um, <clears throat> the type of material. So the most of the stuff comes with steel pins now, but we also have tungsten pins, you know, much heavier metal. And so we can really kind of tune how heavy the wedge is by just changing out the pins instead of having to get different type of uh, wedges. Most of them are like centered steel mixed with brass, things like that. Now with the pins, we can really play with the types of metal, make them really light, make them really heavy. Um, and uh, it, it's a dramatic improvement kind of all around. But, man, the bikes that are really improved on, the 2017 current 250-300 strokes um, you know, those are the bikes that uh, the feedback that I've gotten have been pretty dramatic, and we're really excited about that. Because that's, yeah, so that's really, in the auto clutch world, that's kind of our base. So, um, the, the, the ones that you sent me, those had, those had the steel wheels in them or tungsten, were they heavier or regular? The, the original set that I sent you, um, did, I sent you some, an extra set of wedges, didn't I? Or no, I didn't. Uh, no, no, it was just, it was a single, it was a single, it was just the disc and the set of plates that was going to go in the 300, but you didn't realize I didn't have a clutch in my 300 already because for the reason you just that, talked about, I was, that's on my on my KTM two strokes, I've never been super. I've had them in all the different bikes, and I had one in uh, a friend's KTM three hundred that that I was. I actually was the one I raced in King of the Motos. I had it in, but I actually took it out right before the race just because I wasn't a hundred percent confident in it. So I've, sure. I've tried them on the KTM two strokes, but they're in almost every one of my uh, KTM four strokes, and so so that that clutch um, th that was I don't know what was it. So what was in that one? Medium wedges, what, what, medium we, what wedges. we call me at this point, yes. And so I do have heavier wedges that I will definitely be sending to you, <laughs> so you can yeah. try them out. So, um, so, and it's, it's so because because that because that just dropped. I took that one and just dropped it straight into a KTM 500, and I did. I just did back to back with with my um, standard, my 3.0, and then put that one straight in, and right away, and I put. Um, I currently run like mostly all silver or a mix of silver and steel in my KTM 500s. So really, really light springs, way lighter than most people. That, and then, and then I like typically heavier. Yeah. And, and so when I put the bike in gear, it drags and I have to be really, really technical with my free play gain, you know, just to make sure that it's engaging. So it, it basically, so the bike doesn't stall, but I never want, I never want it to freewheel. Like, I don't ever want it to disengage and kind of freewheel, which is a sort of a standard um, setup for a lot of guys. They don't mind the a little bit of freewheeling. And, uh, but anyhow, 
uh, so I went I went back to back and forth, and it was just the 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 new one was just so much smoother, and and predictable in the way that it engaged. Um, that was the the noticeable thing, and then the three hundred just like I said dropped it in. Uh, had the issue with the piston uh, uh, <laughs> thickness, and but I was able to I had I had the I had a, some washers from older setups that I was able to get so I could get my free play gain all dialed in. Got that thing dialed in and, you know, did the break-in procedure, which I always do when it's a full new system. Went through, did the break-in procedure, came and adjusted it, and bingo. It's it's just like my four-strokes. It's And it's really, really close. I think I might want to go in and play. And I, I switched it to half red, half silver. Just right gotcha. out of the right out of the gate because I know I know that I like it a little bit, like I'd say, engaging a little bit earlier um, and a little bit more grab. So, uh, but yeah, straight away, it's, it's a pretty big improvement and it's kind of knowing what I know, if you have an older 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, you can just buy a new EXP disc and drop it in and you're going to get that upgraded performance. Well, not 1.0, um, not one, because that's a. Yeah, that that one's that one's too old. That one we um, when we went from 1.0 to 2.0, it was actually a really dramatic change. We changed the pressure plate, um, the inner hub, and all that stuff. Um, 2.0 to 3.0. It's, it's a different thickness. The 1.0 is also a different thickness and stuff. I think. That's, yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. And and but uh, 2.0, um, 2.0 could swap out with the 4.0. That that we do. That you can do. Um, and then we made sure that with 3.0, because we ran from with 3.0, oh man, I, uh, I want to say it was 2014 or so, roughly, maybe, right wow. around 2014 or so. We've ran with 3.0 um, for, shoot, about a decade. And so we really were due for an upgrade with the auto clutch. And, you know, the components themselves, um, they're, they're pretty darn good. Um, there, there are, there are some small improvements you can make, but you know, when it comes to manufacturing a lot of components and all that kind of stuff, and we do make everything in house, we have to really plan for that long-term, you know, have a, have a long-term plan. And, uh, and as you know, you know, we've, we've gone through some different things. Al sold the company. We're now part of race winning brands. Um, and so a lot of things have changed. And so we're finally, you know, uh, rocking and rolling again and moving forward new technology and and what's really cool is you know the i've been here 13 years and so i started there sweeping floors in the shop and so to watch the progression <laughs> from you know the the z starts to where we're at now is 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 really cool and that's that's really what has kept me there is um well okay i gotta be honest honestly it's the people that have kept me there it's that's that's really the cool thing is the people that's really what we're but they're not stagnant on technology. I don't have to talk about the same exact thing every single day. Um, well, I kind of do. It's clutches, but you know they're they're, they're always innovating new things. And with with the pro level racers, supercross, motocross, we're always trying new things, getting to test new things. You know, hey, is this going to work? And and uh, all that kind of stuff. So they're always moving forward. Um, that's the goal. You know, as long as they're moving forward and, and we're moving forward, that's that that that's what makes it fun and progression. Yeah, and one of the things like in 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 you know you know started you know learning with the auto clutches and stuff and like 
I, you know, I, I guess I was always an okay rider. <laughs> and so, um, I didn't really, I didn't need an auto clutch, but I, I, I realized that there's definitely some advantages to it. And it just, it sort of got to the point where when I started really learning how to get them set up and get them set up properly, it was one less thing I had to do on the motorcycle. I could, I could worry about other stuff. I could worry about how I was turning the throttle as opposed to trying to coordinate my wrist and my, in my clutch. I started, you know, getting them, um, you know, having my friends ride them and they were so resistant. Most of them, except my wife who just instantly loved it, said it was the best thing ever. She doesn't want to ride anything but recluses now. Like, so it's one of the questions it's, it's like, is it a two stroke or a four stroke? Cause she has a preference and, and does it have a recluse in it? <laughs> so, but it, you know, I, I started getting them set up and there's just one less thing I had to worry about cause it was doing all the work for me. And then it really started teaching me about my about the power band, where the torque is in the motorcycle, how low of an RPM you can allow the motor to chug, because all of a sudden I didn't have to worry about it stalling. And I was riding at lower and lower RPMs and getting better and better traction. And, you know, now especially when we watch the, you know, top level, you know, extreme enduro guys who mostly do not run recluse clutches. You do not have that level of control in your, and it'd be your le- left hand. That's the clutch on the left side, right? So, so you do not have that level of control in your left hand to do what they're doing. But if you have a recluse, all you have to do is control your right hand, and you can you can learn about this lower lower RPM. So overall, no matter what you're riding, it makes you a better rider because you start appreciating and trusting the torque of the motorcycle and. And so, I mean, do you need one? No. Is it going to make you a better rider? Most people, yes, as long as you just let it do what it does and quit touching the damn lever when your RPM goes below 3,000 RPM. Because that's all I watch people do is just overheat their bikes, smoke their clutches, and spin their tires. And you can you can literally be like a Graham Jarvis and stuff if you just let your recluse do a lot of the work. That's what I do, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I love that you brought that up because when, when I first started answering phones at Recluse, you know, a lot of guys are calling, and and obviously if they're calling, they're contemplating buying it regardless. <laughs> and so, you know, they're calling Recluse asking, "Hey, should I buy your clutch?" <laughs> you know, so <laughs> kind of silly to do that. But what was really cool is um, I, I get to be really straightforward with the customers, um, and and it actually makes it really fun. You you make a lot of friends that way too. And so, you know, the auto clutch, the best way, honestly, the best benefit you can get out of an auto clutch is if you know how to use a regular clutch. And so a lot of like mini dads, when I started going to Loretta's and, um, you know, doing that whole thing with motocross and supercross, the clutch lever is really important. And so a lot of the mini dads would ask, Hey, should I, should I start my kid out on an auto clutch and all that? And I'm like, well, of course you can, but you know, honestly, the kid's going to get the biggest benefit out of his motorcycle if he knows how to use the clutch you know if you plan on progressing and and getting to a high level of riding knowing how to use the clutch is an extreme benefit so it's not necessarily like you you start out with the recluse and and you make it all the way to the pros and you never really learn how to use a regular clutch i don't know if you'd make it to the pros if that makes sense um yeah oh totally so i would no, urge yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, it's I would I would encourage you to let them learn how to use the clutch. Once they get 
sufficient with the clutch, what it can do is it can help you get to the next level. You know, it takes a, a C rider to a B rider is kind of what I like to say. I, um, I you know, could not it, agree more. This is this is what I do, especially when we're talking about off road. And when you come to a like a technical section, all of a sudden you're not going to stall it on something technical and, and, you know, usually it goes, the bike goes puka and then the bike goes kabam and falls over, you know, because they stall. All of a sudden they lose the, they lose the power that was masking the balance they didn't have to begin with. And, and so, you know, teaching an off-road riding school, I, I'm very, very hyper aware of when the problems occur. And the problem occurred way before we had a pro- issue with our clutch, whether it's a recluse or not. You're out of balance before you even got started. But the, the, the ability to kind of use the momentum to get you out of it is, is, is that. And a lot of people ask me, like, well, is it good for motocross? And I'm like, you know those turns you have a hard time going around in third because you might stall? Uh, in, and then if you downshift to second, it just upsets the bike. I go, guess what? You just do them in third all day long. You know, these kind of, these kind of things. So, and, and with everything, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages. And so this is, I always like to do this. I like to put the, put the person from the company on the spot. What, cause you are, you already went down this road. What are the disadvantages in, in your opinion of the, of the recluse? Like, what would you say if, you, cause I, I have my ideas. What would you say are the, the problems or not the problems, the, the, we'll call it non-selling points. Sure. Absolutely. I, I love it. Um, so like just first off with recluse, the coolest thing is, is we have, I like to call it the total clutch solution. We have auto clutches, which are terrific. Um, but we also have manual clutches and they're also progressing the manual clutch world, which we can get in that later. Yeah. But, um, you know, so as far as the auto clutch goes, um, you know, where, where it hinders someone is if they really don't know how to use their clutch lever and they're trying to progress further. You know, if you're getting in really technical trails, I live in Idaho and we have really technical single track trails with lots of exposure. And when I talk about exposure, um, you know, I, I actually <laughs> cliffs. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, one of your great listeners, actually, he, he's a huge fan of yours. His name's Harlan. Um, I met him last year and he came up to my house and we were going to do this ride, uh, from Idaho city over to, uh, Featherville. And, and stay in a little motel and head back the next day. And I told him, I was like, hey, there's there's exposure. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're cool. Well, we get to this one section where it's it's cliffs. That's what I meant by exposure. And yeah. found out he was deathly scared of heights. He got through it. It was awesome. We high-fived at the end, but the guy was so pumped up. And he's like, I didn't know that that's what you exposure. <laughs> and so, you know, qualify the ride <laughs> take him <laughs> but god he ended up being an awesome rider which is great made a great friend uh but uh anyway so you know it in those really technical sections if you don't know how to use your clever or you're purely relying on the recluse to do everything for you it's probably not gonna do everything you're gonna know how to use your motorcycle to get through those really technical sections and really when you have cliffs and exposure it's it's serious. You know, there's, there are real sections where you fall, you can, you'll die, you know, you're not coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so, you know, knowing, knowing how to use your clutch lever and use your motorcycle. Again, the biggest benefit you can get out of an auto clutch is knowing how to the fundamentals of how a clutch is supposed to work and how the clutch lever should work. And, uh, right. You got, you, you know, with that's a recluse, all. you get a, you get a small monkey 
with a recluse, you get a small monkey that goes inside your engine someplace, and it, he's like the best at clutching ever. He's he's so good at clutching that you never have to do it. That's what I always tell people. It's it's uh, pretty good. Hey, we got yeah. a question in the chat that says, uh, "Can you bump start your bike with a recluse clutch?" Uh, an auto clutch set up correctly, no, you cannot bump start unless you get up to a ridiculous amount of speed because it's all based on centrifugal force. Um, so an auto clutch set up correctly, no, you're, you're not going to be able to bump start it straight up. Right. And so, so is, this is also, so this is, so when we started talking about one of my concerns, that's one of my, it's not really a concern. Cause I mean, I have a Husaberg, it never had a Kickstarter. So I've had a recluse in it forever and I've never had a problem. <laughs> Even when I've had issues with it, it always was, it's always able to start, but you can also back the free play gain out, you know, on those with exactly. the hydraulic clutches. And exactly. you can you can lock the clutch up, and even on I and and this was on some uh, a, a client's bike on a tour in Mexico. He had a recluse in it that was com- that was completely improperly set up, and I just watched him take off the very first time, and I think it was brand new on his bike. And I said, "Hey, um, that's not that's." I said, "You have a recluse in there or something?" And and the funny thing is, I was just going to say is, I use the word recluse like Xerox, like a Xerox is a copy, recluse is an auto clutch, and I shouldn't because recluse clutches. I have the the core manual in my YZ125, so so I do know you guys make regular clutches too. But so the auto clutch, I could tell his auto clutch was set up improperly just when he took off; it just wasn't engaging right. And I I said, hey, um, I don't I don't think that things. I said I know a little bit about those, and he had no no idea who I was or anything which is the the case these days. And, uh, and he said, no, I had so-and-so at this shop and he set it up and it's, it's awesome. And I said, "Mm, no, I I think it's going to slip and it's going to fry. Well, when it finally did (laughs) and his battery went dead or something, it was just the bike, you know, we couldn't start it. We actually took it apart and then locked the whole damn clutch up, you know? So there are ways, especially when you have the easy access clutch cover, there are ways to, and I think we did it with, I want to say we used a piece of rope or something like that. We actually well, we actually took the clutch apart, s- sandwiched a piece of rope in there, and squished it down. And then it was he had a uh, no more clutch, so we bump started his bike. And uh, and one of the one of the one of the guides uh, rode his bike, and uh, and he looked he at me. Went on to fry more stuff of other people's. He, he yeah he he looked at me like um, like I was an asshole for even telling him that his that was going to happen in 30 miles. <laughs> so, yeah. well, but anyway, so, so that's a disadvantage. To, to finish out the question though, with the bumps, again, auto clutch set up correctly. No, you can't bump start. However, all of the auto clutches, if you get in that worst case scenario, Kickstarter die or Kickstarter breaks off and the battery dies with the hydraulic bikes, you back out the slave cylinder counterclockwise until it loses tension. Then your pressure plate has full contact with the clutch pack and it's a manual clutch then you're able to bump start it. So if you have hydraulic, super simple, you just back it out with the number four Allen, make sure you got the tool on you. Um, the With a, say a Japanese bike, um, if you have our full system, the pressure plate's lifted, you gotta drop your adjustment ring all the way down so the pressure plate clamps the clutch pack. It's a manual clutch at that point, you can bump start it. Um, and then if you have the Radius X, for example, where you use the clutch cable to lift the pressure plate, you simply would back the clutch cable out so you have traditional free play in your clutch lever, you're perfectly clamped at that point, and then you can bump start it. So there are ways to bump start it. You always do have a way to get yourself out of the woods as long as you got the right tools, whether it's number four Allen or eight millimeter screws, 
Austrian or Japanese, there are ways to do it as long as you got the right tools. So if you yeah. plan for it, if you plan for that worst case scenario, which you should, if you're going out in the woods, yeah. always yeah. plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. So, so that was, that was one of my things. And it's like, that's a minor one. It's not really something if you're by, if you're properly, properly working bike, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, the second thing is the, is the freewheeling, um, on when you, when you, when you lock the wheel up and the clutch does what it's supposed to do and it disengages and then the bike freewheels because the clutch is now disengaged and it's, the bike is down at idle. It's run, you know, you, 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 you don't have any sort of drag in the system. And so you, you let literally skid and you let up on the brake and all of a sudden you have no compression braking, even though your clutch lever is quote out. And this is where I set mine up. So that doesn't happen. That's why I'm so picky about it. But, um, you know, and, and there's so much tuning you can do and it's most of the tuning can be done with the idle speed. And so when people complain about this, I say, you can play around with your idle speed. Then you can get into setting, I know you guys don't like to have people play around with the free play gain uh, too much because that that can go wrong very quickly. But you can also um, you can also uh, do things with different springs and different wedges to 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 get it. And it's pretty it's a pretty simple couple of steps if you're if you're paying attention to it. But that's like the the only other thing. And the in the, the number one thing that I have a problem with it is if I'm doing something really technical, generally super steep uphills, and I don't keep my throttle engaged, you know, which is engaging my clutch. Like if I go up something and I let off the throttle completely, the bike will roll backwards. And so, and, or if the bike stalls, if you're going up something steep, really gnarly, and the bike stalls, then you then you don't have what we would call your parking brake, which is your, your stalled engine and the compression of the motor to stop the thing. And that's probably my number one thing. Most people don't get in those kind of situations too often, but uh, that's why you make a left-hand rear brake, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and, and the left-hand rear brake is, is awesome. Um, admittedly, I, I tried to run it. I really tried because it's a product that we sell. Um, I have a YZ250. No six YZ250, and I, I love the bike. I have a wife and kids and don't have the budget to buy a new bike. That's really the truth. But I love the YZ250. <laughs> um, I tried to run the left-hand rear brake, and, and ultimately it just didn't jive with me. So some people absolutely love it. Um, there is a huge customer base for it, and um, it really surprised me. And and I But you know what? It, it, it works for a lot of people. For me, I couldn't ever get off of my rear brake with my foot i just i couldn't I'm right there i'm right there i'm right there with you even when they even when they they have the even when i you know had it had both the clutch lever and the little lever up there and i've tried different things i actually took my brake pedal off and see if i could teach myself even when i was riding the ktm freeride e which has both yeah. of its levers up on the handlebars i i don't want to cuss right now but i every time i came into a turn a little bit hot and i and, and i do not use my rear brake to slow me down i use it to control the motorcycle and just try getting on your front brake without having a rear brake and I'm, there's no way i'm going to pull my clutch in when i'm coming into a turn too hot because i want that compression braking or whatever well guess what i feel like i'm doing so i'm just like you and i cannot i cannot do this but i did teach myself on my husaberg my trusty husaberg uh to, to with that with the the left hand rear brake so when i jumped off the motorcycle when it was going up a hill and i knew i was going to start rolling backwards i would know to grab it 
And that's about all I would ever do with that. But I have many friends, and I think even now more so than ever, with a lot of new people that are coming from bicycles into motorcycles, that adapt ad- adaptation to left-hand rear brake is not a that big of a thing, not like what we are painfully <laughs> not able to do. You're absolutely right. Uh, the mountain bike crowd that's coming into the motorcycle world, they love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and in fact, a lot of guys end up switching their front brakes to the left-hand side and their rear brakes to the right-hand side. Oh, boy. The <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. All the way. Absolutely. Hey, um, whatever. So, whatever gets more people riding, I guess. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, you know, it's for, for guys who grew up riding without these crazy tools that we have nowadays, um, it's it's a it's a great tool that you can have and you really can customize it to how you want to do it and that's where you get into this whole thing with like oh man i'm sure you've seen like the great stuff on ktm talk where someone posts you know recluses for pussies that kind of thing or whatever and you know it just oh i i i i I usually pipe right in and say thank you any day (laughs) it's it's just but you know what i mean it's just different walks of life coming into motorcycling which is great you know there's a tool for everyone and everyone uses it in a different way um and that's ultimately what it comes down to you like what you like and who cares what anyone else thinks if it works for you it works um right is a great product and um and 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 it works the the crazy thing with left and rear brake is how many iterations we've had to go through we used to um, have to outsource the master cylinders. We went from Brembo to Magura to AJP, back to Magura, back to Brembo, and then we went to Hayes Mount, was a mountain bike company. Um, a I very have big, one of those. Yep, very big mountain bike company. We um, basically co-branded with Hayes for a short period of time, um, and they they were switching their master cylinders up every other year or so, and then so we were having to change our product, and we just got to the point where we had to we had to make it in-house and we had a couple, uh, well, one great engineer, Dane Conrad, he, he really dove into this and, and basically we made our own master cylinder. And so it, that was the big thing is now we can actually play with the size of the piston because it's our own. Is it a nine? Is it five? Is it a 10? Is it a 10.5? You know, so we played with all of these and we settled on a 9.5 size piston. Um, and so that, that's, that's what we're currently using, but we have the ability to, to change on the fly. Um, you know, and then it also opened up, you know, do we make a clutch lever that has swappable sleeves where you can change the piston size and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it just opened up a whole new world of stuff to, to play with. Um, so it's just, it's really, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to really kind of dive into that world. Um, just based on a left-hand rear brake is where it started. Yeah, it's, it's. And and like I like I said, I know a lot of guys that take their they take their foot levers off, and they really like the the lever. I I put one on a bike just to test it, you know, because that's what I do. And I was really amazed at how how far it's come since the uh, since the kind of the first versions. And they you know you don't have to bleed them every second third ride stuff like that, and uh, like uh, way way better. And it's actually I'm almost ready to to swap out my Husaberg with the old the old mountain bike one i think it was the Hayes one i'm ready to swap that one out and put the put the recluse one on there but uh, it's just a project for another day i mean the, the the very few times that i use that anymore um so okay uh also the the you guys make a lot of regular clutch um parts as well so like i said i have a i have a full what is it? it's the core exp no 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 sorry it's just so many names i can't remember the yeah. core manual. 
Yep. Core manual, core manual torque drive is, uh, is our top torque of the line dual clutch right now. Um, you know, the, the big thing with torque drive is, um, and a lot of people don't realize this unless they actually get a tour through the facility. Those friction plates are legitimately handmade. Um, every single friction pad is set on by a human hand. Uh, it's, it's right. pretty, pretty wild. Um, that whole process. And, uh, it started out, they basically hired this chemical engineer, um, from BSU, Boise State University. We called him easy Bob. <laughs> and, uh, cause he started out with basically an easy bake oven and we were using automotive glues, different types of paper to bake these friction plates in a, in a little conventional oven on a countertop, you know, and that's where it started. And the idea was, you know, with our EXP disc, because of how thick it is, originally we had to remove friction plates out of the clutch pack to fit it in the clutch basket. And so the idea was we need to get more friction surface area in there because when you remove frictions, you have to compensate with stiffer pressure plate springs. So sure, you get an auto clutch, but then your clutch lever feels like absolute crud. Um, it's It's got awful stiff. It feels like a, a Harley that's 40 years old and has never had a loop cable yeah. that also, um, the idea is if you get more friction surface air in there, you don't need a stiff of pressure plate springs. You still get the good clutch lever and no one else had really done it in the industry at all, really at all. Wow. And Amazing. the idea more friction plates. And so finding the type of material that we would need to use. So we settled on steel, you know, it's an obvious one for really thin material. Um, but it's not your average run of the mill steel. The way we have to buy it is pretty insane. And then. You get it cut out, lasered, um, brought to us. We got to make sure it's flat. And if it's not flat, it goes through a actual 1940s flattener. It's this old dinosaur of a machine. Flattens things perfectly. It's such a cool little machine. Um, and uh, took us forever to figure it out, but we finally got it. Everything gets flattened out if it's not flat. Then it goes through a sander, gets scuffed up, goes through a glue coat roller, through what I call the pizza oven, but it's basically a high-end pizza oven essentially um and then back over glue coat roll over again that all dries then they scrape off all the excess glue with razor blades sit on each pad by hand put it in these fixtures clamp these fixtures down to a specific torque put it in the oven they bake it a certain amount of time and that creates the bonding process and then there's one last check where they check all the pads to make sure that they're actually bonded and it's it's a very very laborious product uh, process and they became the largest department at request because of how much manpower it takes to uh to create those it's 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 crazy um but they it, it worked it worked really well and yeah that torque drive really what drove us into supercross um star racing yamaha um our biggest um you know supercross and motocross team they've delivered multiple championships which is insane and super awesome to be a part of um yeah. they actually their suspension settings because of our clutch they were no longer going in it and this sounds when i heard the story i was i was kind of blown away but basically what they learned is that when they start in the whoops you know they're 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 hot and heavy starting in the whoops and as they get deeper into the whoops if it's a long whoop section the bike loses drive and falls deeper into the whoops and so they had to compensate with their suspension for that um, when you when they put the torque drive in there, it had so much torque it was keeping them on top of the whoops all the way through. 
so they were able to actually change their suspension settings based on our clutch and that just that blew my mind when <laughs> when yeah, they said not that. awesome not not surprising at all because knowing you know having experience around you know factory schemes and seeing what they test everybody thinks it's all just you know shiny suspension parts and this they spend you know whether it was back in the day it was jetting and stuff like that they spend so much time working on the clutch you know and, and a lot of it's for the start i mean now especially for the start they want a certain kind of a feel and a certain kind of engagement and they're building these clutch packs that are almost specifically for the start and once they get okay now we got our start then they go straight over to the hoops and start hammering hoops because if you see what they do, you know if you don't know about this when they come around the turn before the hoops they usually upshift you know, so they go up They're They're usually going through there in fourth gear on a lot of the bikes and depending on how many speed transmissions are in the bikes to begin with. But they, they, they upshift go into the hoops and they get it. They get it spinning up and they can't have the clutch like you were talking about. Start slipping halfway through the hoops because some of the riders ride the clutch, you know, through the hoops and they, they need to keep it spinning so that it, it carries them. Other ones just death grip the bar and they don't touch the clutch at all and it needs to slip a certain amount because there's there's all that force on the transmission as well and there's there's yeah there's so much yeah. engineering that goes into a lot of stuff you can't just make a clutch just just locks up it's it, that's the you know there's there of course there's dampers inside of most clutch and clutching systems but yeah. the is damper <laughs> is maxed out <laughs> when they're hitting hoops that's the hardest thing that they that they do on the on the on the supercross tracks absolutely absolutely supercross and rainacross whoops they are the hardest things on clutches that i have found for sure for sure so but anyways uh any, i'm super pretty pretty super stoked i haven't gone on you know my 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 end all will be to go on like my little extreme enduro loop and and see if i will trust the ktm 300 in that you know it, it'll do it but if if i can do it without even thinking about touching my clutch lever it's like game changing that's how that's how much of an improvement the the 4.0 is off the 3.0 because i've like i said i and and if if it works i would even be willing to put them back in my ktm 200s if i still have i still do have one my old my old 200 has a my old 200 has the um z start in it and yep. that one that one works it's acceptable but it's still it was just the the, the small two strokes just don't have the torque a lot of times because uh, you're you, you know you really what was that yeah, I said you're 100% right there because with the small bores, they, they don't have that bottom end torque. And so a lot of people, they actually, this is going to circle back to kind of what you said earlier. Remember how you're saying like with the, with the auto clutch, you're kind of in an RPM that the bike isn't really used to. And what I mean by that is like when you have a manual clutch, you're using your clutch lever to rev it up and you physically got to let the clutch lever out and raise your RPM to take off and not let it stall, right? Well, with the auto clutch, when you're at an idle and you start to give it throttle, it's instantly moving forward. So that auto clutch is putting that motor through a position where it typically wouldn't be in or it wasn't designed for, if that makes sense. Right. Because it's engaging at such an early RPM. And so for like the small bore bikes, um, I usually tell people, um, in the exp springs and then compensate with your idle 
because if you put the stiffer springer and then bump your idle up, when you crack the throttle and, and bumping the idle up is the key to, to closing the gap. Because if you go stiffer springs, low idle, you get a throttle response delay, which no one wants. It doesn't work. Right. It's not what you want. Um, but if you compensate with that idle, when you crack the throttle, it's coming in later in the RPM where the meat of the motor is. Like how you were saying earlier, you kind of learn where where that torque really is, where that where the torque in that specific motor is, and you kind of learn the bike in a different way. And so that that is really important to to understand that you know when it's a a small bore bike and depending on how you ride that small bore bike can totally determine what springs go inside your exp disc so it's one of those things where you you kind of have to if you have a small bore bike it's probably going to take a couple tries to get it right and if you're not willing to try different things might not be the right product for you now if you got a ktm fat like me on a ktm 200 (laughs) (laughs) but if you got a 450 or 500 they got so much bottom end torque it almost doesn't matter because the bike compensates for it and so yeah you're 100 right small bore bikes are definitely harder to get the auto clutches to work and and but if you take the time to set them up right you can get it to work but your clutch lever is still there and people should know how to use it. And ultimately, if you're wanting that instant reaction like you get with stock, well, you only get that reaction because you're using the clutch lever. So if you want that same reaction, use the clutch lever. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you, but it's like, kind of funny because I'm so I'm so into if i put it in there i never want to touch my clutch lever so i'm riding around in my 200 and it's it's like it's like kind of it gets it it basically it just gets i don't want to call it boggy it just doesn't accelerate you know where the 300 no matter what if you turn the throttle accelerates well if i were in the same rpm range and i had my hand off the clutch the 200 isn't going to accelerate it's not the clutch that's do it's not the recluse that's doing it it's the fact that the recluse is doing exactly what it's supposed to do it's engaging and loading the motor up but the motor doesn't have the torque at that point to make the bike go so at that point it's either i need to take it out and set it up a little bit different so it slips a little bit or it lets the it lets the rpms build a little bit more this is what we talk about the tuning so that it, it engages a little later so it has the power to pull or i need to give it a little pump of the clutch and and if i have to give it a pump of the clutch then i might as well just have a clutch lever that works all the time <laughs> sure, sure yeah because <laughs> so anyhow hey uh, yeah. mike thanks uh, thanks a lot for uh, coming on and, and helping us explain this stuff and uh, <sighs> do you still get people that, that call up and they say they want the jimmy lewis setting in their in their uh, clutch <laughs> i've had a few people do that yep that's for sure <laughs> well because mm-hmm. i have people that they, they they get the recluse they just it's just all standard they bolt it in they're happy with it and stuff and uh and they'll say hey ride my bike you know there's a lot of people at our schools or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, and i ride it and i go ride my bike and they hop on my bike and they go whoa how come it's so much smoother and how come it you know it does this and they, no mostly if they if they lock it up it doesn't freewheel and they're like, how do you do that? And I go, well, it's some, you know, and I'll try to play with their idle a little bit and check, and check their free playing in and stuff like that. And I go, I have different springs and wedges in this one. And they're like, oh, how do I get that? I go, just call them up and say you want the Jimmy Lewis setup. And I know Idaho Joe used to used to know exactly what it was on the. He had a little note with all the different ones, exactly which wedges and <laughs> and some of the and even some of the wedges that I had. He's like, yeah, don't tell me that. I can't get those anymore. <laughs> you know, he's weird. <laughs> You know, like you said, they were wedges made with beryllium and 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 uh, uranium or something like that. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Probably toxic. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, dialing in the clutches is, is really what's needed, um, for, for a lot of people, you know, and that's, that's what I do encourage people is to call us. Um, if you're having an issue with the clutch and and it's not doing what you want it to do, um, give us a call. Most of the time we can get you right exactly to where you need to be. Um, and there's that rare occasion where, man, that guy just doesn't gel with an auto clutch. Not, it's not for everyone. Um, but it's, I, I do think for the, for the average rider, man, again, taking a C rider to a B rider, if you don't have all the time to become Graham drivers and know how to use a clutch lever like he does, um, you know, that an auto clutch is a great way to go ride terrain that you wouldn't normally be comfortable in and get to see beautiful country. Yeah, I, uh, I literally, um, I, I, what I see more is I see guys that think they're a riders and if they would just put a damn recluse in their bike and get off the, the kick that they can't have one. Cause it's for, uh, people that don't know how to ride and old dudes, if they would just put a recluse in their bike and take their clutch lever off for a week, they could actually be an a rider. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, yeah. I, and I tell, I tell, I tell this to them all the time. And they don't listen. <laughs> there's, so. there's, some, uh, some, there's actually some great video of uh, Hayden Deegan uh, on Star Yamaha of him riding a 450 without a clutch lever. They now use the auto clutch to help train them to not use the clutch lever. So uh, that's, oh, that's awesome. That's I 100% support that. And then and, and when we were talking about like the mini bike kids, you know, when you're talking about the mini bike kids, the mm-hmm. biggest problem I see because the kids on the 80s are just so hard on their clutches. They're just, they're just, they never, they won't let the clutch out. You know, they go around in turns, they go, you never hear the damn thing engage all the way down the straightaway. It's like, get off the damn clutch. And uh, right. it'd be a really good way to, you know, teach those kids. And then when they get on 250Fs and they, they continue that habit, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's now you're not just smoking a clutch, you're smoking your entire motor because that clutch material likes to go through all the little parts. It gets real expensive, yeah. Dad. Absolutely. <laughs> so, anyways, hey, Mike, thanks thanks a ton for uh, coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you out on the trail. Absolutely. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, if you got any other questions, hit me up, Jimmy. Get you a left-hander break for that bike as well. <laughs> Okay, I I don't think I'm going there. I, I I've got I've got the one that I took off the other one. It might go on the Husaberg, but I'm not I'm not that adaptive yet. <laughs> hey, and and that that okay, and the YZ125 clutch you got me for for because I yeah. was I was doing I did the, the Hangtown and stuff like that. I didn't do enough practice starts with it, and I bogged off the damn line because the the old clutch would slip. And that was the that was the reason I I contacted you. I go, this thing's just it's not it's not engaging. And uh, I should have done about 10 more practice starts because I had really good jumps and then I let it out too quick. Probably because I probably because I'm an old, old guy that is so used to an auto clutch. <laughs> you just gotta, yeah. Just try harder. So, I'll try. I'll try harder next time. Uh-huh. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> OK, we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. All right. See you. Well, OK, that's cool. What a company to have a guy like. You know, yeah, they they always t- call an Apple and asking a guy if they know anything about what they're selling, yeah, or Dyson vacuums or anything. It's a cool world we live in. Uh, a cool there's, industry yeah, there's we're definitely, in. Definitely, definitely motorcycle companies that have industry people that are stoked yeah, on riding. It's, that's it's a, a lost art to have a, 
a company to have a guy like that that is available. That right. Literally knows his product. Go yeah. buy a new Chevy for a hundred grand. That guy won't know even what motors <laughs> in it. <laughs> he won't uh, even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, they just tell you. They just say yes to everything. Yeah. And it's the best thing ever. It's it's the. But they're they're actually they've always been really yeah, honest. No, and, no, and yeah, it's, I, it's fantastic. I, and, Mike's and, great. In all the years I've been using Recluse clutches, I have never ever quote smoked a clutch yeah and it's it's literally because i read the instructions when i put them together and when i test stuff yeah i wrote your recluses they're set up really cool i don't need to read the instructions i know even on that 300 i went ahead and read the instructions and the (laughs) funny thing was i i put it all together and there was something wrong with it and what was wrong was i couldn't get the free play gain adjusted so I just, I, when I put it together, I did not measure the clutch pack thickness. So the first thing I did, and they give you all the specs, I pulled it apart, measured the clutch pack thickness, the EXP thickness, the total thickness, went to their chart. I was setting it and all the, I did everything right. So I checked everything. I thought maybe it was because I used the gasket instead of just the O-ring on the, on the slave unit. Check that, whatever. So I called them up this morning and said, hey, uh, I'm not be able to. I'm not able to get my gain. I knew how to do it. I actually because the last time I had it off, I said I know how to fix this. Because in the old days, you used to have to use spacers on the push rod engagement to mm-hmm. get the correct thickness. So I had actually I used a Trailtech kickstand stainless steel washers because they're really thin and I could space it out. So I spaced it out the distance I needed. Got my free play gain. Went and rode the bike. I'm like, okay, good. Called him up this morning. Said, hey, I had that ran into this little issue. He said, look at this. Read me the part number. I looked at the part number and evidently it was the wrong piston inside of the slave unit. So they're okay. on it and they're checking to make sure that that's uh, not not a an not issue. Might have just been it might have just been a mistake. They they all look the same from the outside. It's not till you see the little etched number yeah, yeah. on the inside. But but they knew right away, uh, oh yeah, check this. Bang, done. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, setting those things up is pretty cool. But uh, always yeah. always good um, good to learn that kind of stuff. I like I said I don't need them but and, and this leads us to a question. Let's add, let's. Let, there's a question here that's on the Cove 450. Uh, somebody somebody asked this question, and uh, I'll get to you here. Um, right there. Is that the one he's, he's talking about? The recluse. Oh, you want these things? Ah, I'm gonna fake it. Are these are these yours or are these mine? Those are mine. Have you haven't okay. gone there yet? Don't do no, it. No, I have. I have some. Do you? They're, they used to be hanging out around here. We're talking about glasses. If you wonder what we're talking about, Jimmy's Jimmy's arms getting a little bit. It's not long enough. Go so, ahead. Okay, Mister David Fucher has a twenty twenty three Jeep. No, it's the one. It's the one about the recluse. He's talking about yeah the recluse okay. clutch. Is it not in there? Not that one. Oh, well, maybe I maybe I didn't get it put in there. It would be on the one page before it, if um, anything. It. Is it in the document? You see it? Yeah. Oh, Logan's going to read it. Logan, get back to doing your job. He's over there falling asleep. Uh, Hi, Jimmy. I have read your articles on the 2017 TRF 450RX. Wait, can we hear Logan? Later. Oh, we got to turn Logan up. He's still... Which one are you? Matt. You're Matt? Okay, so you're Matt there. I got to turn your gain up just a little bit here. Now go ahead and try it. Hey, Jimmy. No. Yeah. There it is. Hey, Jimmy, I have read your articles on the 2017 CRF 450RX and later articles on the current Gen RX 450RX. I recently purchased a 17 450RX with a bit of gear on it. However, I was looking for assistance for setup on, as I am a newer rider. 
I'm 40 years old, six foot one, 120 kg in metric from West Western Australia. I'm riding here in the southwest of Australia, wood etiquette, to a cross-section of soft sand, like West Coast America, but mixed with forest-style woods race riding and hill climbs, a little like East Coast style, Georgia type. It's a real mix. Bike currently has stock suspension, a recluse clutch, acro exhaust system and golden tire gt 333 rear tire shinko front tire i'm after a little pointers of setting up ergo's body position as well as anything i could do to mow out the bike to suit myself as a newer beginner class rider um so that wasn't I, that wasn't the right question, but we'll keep going with this one. <laughs> no, we I, have to, I have to say I have to say good day, mate from Australia. Yeah, yeah. I do that right. Okay, keep going with this question. My previous bike was a 2011 KX250F, and I found the KX seemed to have more grip and more stable front compared with the uh, Honda, and I haven't been able to tune it. Un- tune it. Understand why. KX had Bridgestone's X30 tires. Would that they be the cause? Front of the Sierra feels like it wants to wash out through the mid parts of the corners. Any tips and ideas would be much, very much appreciated. I've watched a bunch of vids on YouTube and found them very helpful and informative. Regards, Andrews. Yeah, say the name. Savurches. So, so, subvert, ti, subvert, subverts, subverts, subverts. Okay, yeah. uh, Andrew. Uh, so, this is a real easy question to answer, and I think Jimmy's going to agree with me. So, when you said when you came to the front end of the Honda feels uncomfortable, and we combine that with Shinko front tire and. <laughs> I have not ridden a front Shinko tire, and, and there's a lot of them. I've not ridden a front Shinko tire that works anywhere in the neighborhood of any of my, we'll call them favorite tires. Nothing against Shinko the brand and stuff like that. I just friends haven't. don't let friends ride Shinkos. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I've tried some of their some of their rears are okay, uh, but the the front's a little sketchy. So right away that that is 100% probably your problem. The Bridgestone X30 is one of my um, more favorite tires. It's one of the ones I like. And I will tell you that if you took the best 450 off-road bikes, like the X's, all of them, and you put a unfavorable tire on any one of them, put it on the best one. Let's say the best turning bike in the bunch. And that Honda is probably one of the best turning bikes. It's a Honda, the KTM, depending on your, your preferences. Uh, that if you put that tire on that bike and had the other ones on on brands that we would uh, are more familiar with or prefer, it would be the worst. It would go from the best to the worst. That would, the be, front tire, that would be enough to tip the scale that, that far. Please understand this, that, that, that everybody has preferences on tires, and it's, it's not just the tread pattern. It's the carcass. It's the air pressure running. There's all different kinds of things that can affect this. But the tires, the only thing that are connecting you to the ground, they make more difference than you would imagine. So... Uh, I, I think your K, your your KX two fifty F, 
it's it's a little more sluggish than the Honda in steering, and since it's a 250, it kind of it gets lighter at that point. It's it's not that it's the Honda is worse than the Kawasaki. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's 100 percent the uh, the tire. So I don't think there's anything else uh, wrong with your your setup. Uh, any of the things and a lot of times when you're running some of the different rear tires i kind of like to match my tires and it's mostly for i mean i know a lot of guys that run mixes of stuff but they just get comfortable with it i found that that when you match your tires like the carcass characteristics are the same and so if you mismatch tires, it'd be like running one with five pounds PSI and the other one with 15. And you're just going to get sort of a, this is what I notice. And you can adjust it if you learn it, but I just want to run 12 and a half and 12 and a half. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Or a moose and a moose. Um, match tires, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, Andrew, uh, good, good question. That wasn't the one I was looking for, Logan. It was it was it was one about doesn't say recluse any other. Time. I know, yeah, he did he did good though. You got you found the one with the recluse. So there was a guy that had a, that had a cove, that just bought a cove, and he was he watched our video and he wondered why I said that I would not put a recluse on it, and because I said the clutch pull is so light you really would need to and everything, and it just that on that particular bike for the the way that we are using it kind of adventure bikes i don't have recluse clutches on any of my adventure bikes and i don't know exactly why i just don't uh i it and a lot of times because i use my adventure bikes for doing my schools a lot of time and i need to demonstrate clutch work i have to show what to do with the clutch and if i take the put the recluse on it then again I, if, if I demonstrate it with a recluse in there, they, we confuse each other. The, I confuse the recluse clutch because you're, you're disengaging it when it's not supposed to, and it doesn't really work. It'd be like, like re- relearning how to use the clutch altogether. So, uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure uh, why I don't other than I use the bikes for demo. So I, I could see putting one in there, and he, he mentioned, he says, I'm just lazy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a perfect reason to have one in your cove uh, because if you're lazy then it's one less thing to do and that it'll it'll work it'll work just fine so um anyways uh do we have any questions in the chat that are bubbling up at us logan i'm checking it looks it looks good is it is it time for us to take a commercial break let's do it yeah we need to take a commercial break here we'll probably pour we got we got what do we have today whiskey we, yeah, we we're doing we bourbon. Bourbon. Oh, we had bourbon tonight. I so, think it's uh, bourbon. Yeah, I might do a little pour, but uh, Logan, go ahead and push the sponsor uh, sponsor button, and uh, we'll see on the backside. The defending champion, the all new Yamaha YZ450F.
What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Okay, we are back. Logan was uh, busy asking me questions about our uh, our product of the week, brought to you by Bulletproof Designs. Hey, by the way, Jimmy, while you were gone out there uh, making room for, for water this, and cactus, yeah, water and cactus, uh, Baker's uh, Baker's. It's a yeah, cheers. What, what exactly is it? It's a because uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. 107 proof baby yeah so uh jimmy's a little bit more of a of a a whiskey bourbon guy than uh yeah like our first question here from this guy he calls you the bourbon expert uh okay so you you can read that while i have a sip of this all right here we go Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> He's getting armed up to do this. Ron Wielder. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is a real cool name, but for the casual browser out there that you are trying to reach, it sounds like Gary, Guy Fieri cooking show on a Mexican street tacos. I don't think there is anything in the name that says, hey, this is retired pro racer Jimmy Lewis show, winner of the Baja 1000 Dubai Rally and expert on most things related to dirt bikes, adventure bikes, and fine bourbon. Okay, you know, I don't, I didn't, how did he even know? Most of that stuff, you know, between the two of us, we got. Yeah. yeah. The Baja 1000 (laughs) winner, the fine bourbon. Yeah, he's talking about both of us here. Got it. I was just patting myself on the back when he was saying all that, you know. Well, except for the bourbon. Okay, well, yeah. but except for one but, of those things. But look we'll at this. let the he leaders had, he, decide he which the, one of those he wrote things this, is. He wrote, this after, he wrote this after last show when I asked for comments. And, and this guy uh-huh. wrote a very articulate, there's a real long He did, yeah. Very no. articulate, well. I'm being, um, a, and I'm I, being and, a jerk. I, no, no. And I took it I took it all. And, I, and, and all the comments I got, there's some really interesting ones. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with them. But I only had to read that because it, it says that I was a, it does fluff a, you a, bourbon, a, bit a bourbon expert. But he had no idea that we were going to pull bourbon out for this show. And I didn't even. No, it was my idea. Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh yeah, that was it. Was your idea? You see, we walked past the stockpile. And the <laughs> yeah, I'm like the bourbon pile's looking higher than. Thank, the, by the way, thank the you, tequila. Erica. Yeah, Erica, yeah. Uh, she couldn't travel. You, you know, can't travel with open bottles. So guess where they ended up? My house. 
How she knows rules, don't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back to the question yeah, or the me. comment. Yeah, anyhow. And find bourbon. I want it. Okay, he doesn't he didn't think Tech Talk Taco has the the ring that the, the the search guys are looking for. Anyhow. And bourbon, I want to impart my 40 years of experience to you for free. Please support our sponsors as they support us. A new name is in order. Hopefully, guys at Taco Moto will understand. So he thinks we need a new name. Well, it, it could start next show, or it could never start, or I could just start a whole new podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how. We'll see how. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Um, but, yeah, I, I you know I don't know anything about browsers. I, I know I totally, like that, I totally I totally I totally get him. And, and he he said you know in his email he's talking about he's a new he's a newer writer. And he, it kept getting recommended to him. So Google was doing its job, and YouTube was doing its job, and all the algorithms were, were doing its job. And and then he finally clicked on it, and he said, oh, hey, I actually like this. But the name was off-putting to him, and he had no idea who the hell I was. I mean, I like. Yeah. To, I don't really like to talk about racing unless we talk. I mean, talk about technically, myself. I guess Tech Talk Taco Tuesday doesn't even have the word motorcycle in it. So. I know, and or dirt bike, which is well, you're, you're interrupting me, and I'm trying to talk about myself, which I don't really uh, like to do on this show, but it's important yeah. now because, uh, yeah, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was all because some someone, some people actually, dared me to to do a podcast they said you can't do a podcast and i'm like well, the hell i can sure. so one camera and a romero's mexican restaurant I, and i didn't even know what i was going to call it <laughs> i wasn't going to call it jimmy lewis sings the hits <laughs> or i should no. call it jimmy lewis baja 1000 winner and uh what else did i do oh dubai rally winner i don't i don't get any credit for like getting dakar on the podium wins. at dakar well i've won stages stage wins it's like stage wins it's almost as good but that freaking brave guy came along and just made me and chris made Bay, you the second place american me and there. chris blaze look like yeah also mm. rans yeah hardly mm. able to do it at all hired your own assassin there right um okay well thank you uh ron i really did appreciate that and chris real also sent um, actually, after the show, where I quizzed him on the show, I, I kind of put him on the point. He wrote a very articulate letter and explained some stuff and talked about some of the stuff that he thinks that I should do. And I, I kind of agree with him on some of it. And others, it, it's not not. There's other people that are doing some of the things he suggested better, and I don't think I can c- compete with them. So I'll uh, I'll skip that. But mm-hmm. bulletproof products, product of the week. Uh, this is what we're going to be testing real soon. It's the counter shocks. And so what this is, is a, I wrote the weight down here. It's a one pound, 10.8 ounce, so almost two pound, round circular thing. thing. But what's inside of here is a very heavy weight, and it's dampened probably with springs and probably with some sort of fluid. I don't know what's inside of it. I didn't do that much research on it because the way that Jimmy works is I just want to put it on the bike and see what it does. I am very familiar with inertial dampers. So when I started doing supermoto racing, you know, back when I raced, as I, I raced against, you know, some of the guys back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the fast guys. Uh, kind of a... It was it was one of the places I actually could get on the track and be competitive with guys like Jeremy McGrath and Kevin Schwantz and and stuff was like that this. Supermoto. Supermoto. It was just such a new thing nobody figured out. But since I worked at a magazine, people were giving me all kinds of stuff. And before the tires were the thing, when they got special tires, and that's when it got to where I had to get out because uh, I couldn't get the special tires as many as you really need to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a guy gave me an inertial damper that clipped onto the rear axle because the biggest problem in supermoto racing was wheel chatter and hop. Axle hop, huh? And it freaking eliminated it. It was amazing. So much so that the inertial damper broke off because it was cast out of like pop metal because it was doing its job and it finally fatigued it and broke taken, off. Yeah. And I mean, I knew the instant it was gone because all of a sudden my lap times dropped like two seconds and the wheels hopping. I'm like, what the heck is wrong? Like, is my tire going flat or something? But anyways, so this one is made by a company called Countershocks. It mounts up on the forks with these clamps. And so they clamp onto the forks and then you clamp the inertial damper in there. Wow. And it, it doesn't really move much when you shake it around like that. Uh, but but you, you can feel you, something. I can't explain it. I'm not good enough for that. But. Yeah. But uh, I have experience. I understand these things work. Yeah, I, so I looked at some posts that people were talking about these because I actually do do some research sometimes. Uh, people were calling it snake oil and other people were calling it magic. And I will guarantee you that it's somewhere in between. Sure. Uh, the, the snake oil people were saying, if your suspension already works perfect, why would you need to, you know, mask a band-aid on it and it's like if your suspension's working perfect and you can make it work better why not that's a funny conversation i had this weekend yeah. we you know me and some buddies riding had right <laughs> yeah who had more money no no, <laughs> no. A suspension guy a suspension guy yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a tuner professional yeah. tuner yeah it's and it's 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 you know. it's an art. It's suspension tuning is an art, and you either like the artist or you don't. I'm not going to say someone's good. Or, there, there's guys that are hacks, and there's guys that, and there's a lot of companies that sell a lot of pretty stuff, and some of it actually works, mm -hmm. and a lot of it, I could, I could click your suspension and make it work better, if I could just spray paint on that coating or or tell you that there was some silver and gold pieces inside it, we'd be different, but. I'm going to test this because I'm very interested because yeah, I had really good you experience can't dismiss with it. anything, right? And uh, and if it, I, I'm going to ask to find out why I can't get one for the rear because <laughs> I'd like to try it on the rear wheel I too. I was going to say, or... there this this is nothing new. This has been around. They use these in Formula One cars. They use them in all different kinds of there's all different Thanks. kinds of stuff. So uh, how how now does this how far where does this go on the fork? Uh, you can put it either on the side of the fork, down down low. Well, by, I was gonna yeah, say maybe as low or, as you can. But you really, but you really want it. Um, you want it, 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 you know, out of the way, so you'd have it up behind yeah, the number plate or behind the headlight thing. It doesn't matter really. It doesn't matter really where it's at. I was gonna say it doesn't matter as, up as long as it's low. on the part that's it's. You want it, you know, you want it to counteract with the. Don't put it on the shiny silver part, probably. Yeah, you want it on the part that's that's not moving. You know, it's yeah. to counteract that moving part because there's all that weight that's floating up and down. It's it's basically it's counteracting what the unsprung weight is doing on your motorcycle. So, I will be checking that out in the very near future. Pretty well made part. I don't think that one's pot metal. I can tell you that. No, no, and that was the that was the problem with the other one was the was the pop metal thing mm -hmm. also i have to get, throw a thought out to uh my good buddy jerry bernardo mm -hmm. uh he probably is offended that i said that he has a new book out coffee brewed with graveyard mist <laughs> by bernardo jerry that's gotta be it's good. a collection of poems and stories that throw the emotions and life of death into a blender full of piranhas I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> that guy's a wordsmith, man. Yeah, I hung around with him. He I, is I didn't, a wordsmith. I didn't know. I didn't know about this. I know Jerry's written some other stuff. He used to have a column in Racer X, the newspaper. It was it was kind of rated. It went from there has to be something beyond X that it was rated, but it was it was gnarly sometimes, <laughs> and it, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm pretty sure these are not the bedtime stories you would want to read uh, if you if you have nightmares, uh -huh. but. If you're if you're up for a, a good a good laugh and want to 
understand Jerry a little bit more, probably read this book or don't. Uh, I don't know. I I, th- I think I'm going to get it just to have it on the on the collection. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I and the thing that really pisses me off about it most is like he wrote his book before I wrote mine. So oh well. Uh, uh. Okay, let's get to uh, some of our questions. And I heard uh, Troy okay. Hicks says the counter shock works very well in the Valley of the Dirt People. Oh, so he's obviously tested one. He's got one I, himself. Yes. So we will we'll see. I'll give you I'll I'll tell you what I think and then that'll trump what everybody else thinks cuz right. it's my opinion. And it's mm. like everybody else's opinion. You can flush them down the toilet just like the other stuff we all have. So this one is from CRF 500. Oh, oh no, this is a picture. Logan pop the in the in the in the rooster endos. So this is kind of some of the new stuff that popped CRF up this week. CRF 500. So Y'all. this company in Italy, 2T. Uh, yeah, go ahead and turn that turn that on there. The the Sierra 500 picture. I don't think you have to drag it on there. You just you can you can actually just click on that that logo. Or click on the eyeball right there. Well, so I had to change the picture. Okay, so we have a picture on the screen right now of what looks like a Sierra 450 with a yeah, 500 two stroke motor in it. Modern so, perimeter frame with. It's and it's it's a company over in Italy that's basically building a kit. So you take your CR450 RX, split the cases, put their cases on it. They they basically give you a crank, a cylinder, a, to, a two-stroke top end. You use all of your Honda four-stroke four bottom, bottom end stuff. They seal up the crankcase, you know, like they're supposed yeah, to, so yeah. it works. And you now have almost a Honda built two-stroke this thing that is wild and, and actually that's a wild idea that's a really good idea i mean i've i've heard of this before uh you know there's the company that brp b b is it brp bpr i am the the other one that makes i rode one of those the other day a guy a friend of mine kelly whipple has one oh. and i'd ridden it before it ran like crap he never he never twisted the throttle like i did and i rode it and the twist of the throttle and it was like oh they went back to the mapping machine and got it all mapped out right rode it the other day holy crap like it's a ktm 300 with a 500 cylinder on it and it's same thing it has cases crank piston mm-hmm. all the all the stuff uh what a buttery smooth bike that that was really but this is this is kind of a similar thing uh i i believe it's essentially about a about a nine thousand dollar kit so not cheap you probably got to supply the and you CRF. and you supply your Honda. Yeah, I think the bike. I, I remember looking at it in euros. I quickly glanced at um, uh, the pricing and stuff like this. But mm-hmm. uh, what a what a cool idea! Logan, throw the other picture up. You can kind of see the parts wow. that are up there. But it looks Sano. It looks really uh, really factory. So I guess you got electric start and things like that too. Yeah, it keeps it keeps the electric start. Uh, it keeps you know it's All using water, the it's using cold. the it's using the Honda ignition. It's water cooled. It uses an electric pump though, so it it it, yeah. it instead of using the uh, the crank driven pump, it uses an electric pump, and it, it basically they give you an ECU, so it uses a stock ignition. Mm-hmm. And then they've mapped out an ECU Map. to so, do all the work. So it's fuel injected. You're using so your I same. need an ECU to work double time. You know that. Yeah, you're uh. you're 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 using your Honda fuel injection That's, setup and stuff like oh, that. Oh no shit! Yeah, I think this is uh, really cool. cool. It comes with a nice hand, super cool. hand cone pipe. But uh, yeah, uh, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. Well, I never um, even thought that was possible. Lo- really, operation. But. 
So uh, now, do they must have? Does Honda still have? Or do they got the crankcase? You, you have a hard time. So they they were really popular for remanufacturing a lot of um, Honda Honda parts. I re, I know those guys. Yeah, I've seen and, some of their and aluminum so, frame conversions and stuff like yeah. that. They do really really. It's a it's a company called uh, Thomason Racing. Hmm. It's T O M A S I N Racing. So uh, there's okay. the. There's oh, the info. I read this if you're into them? it, uh, no, it's just a lot. That's a lot of their marketing speech. Yeah, okay. I think they want me to be their importer. I think it would be cool, but it, I, I don't really want a job. I mean, <laughs> too I have much I, like, no. There's too many floors. Too to lay. I can lay floors and, and houses, and then uh, yeah. I can wash bikes and try to get XR650 started. By the way, my XR650 runs like a top right now. If I've you want to buy it, out it. There looking, thing is looking cherry clean. Yep, and uh, JimmyLewisOffRoad.com is putting out a schedule for our classes uh this week so sign up for the newsletter so you can get uh that answer and the question is is it counterbalanced on this Uh, thing on yeah that thing um yeah yeah the four stroke is the four stroke is so i imagine that the two stroke is too so there's videos of it running on their website they're racing around a track sounds pretty crisp sounds Mm. pretty good so all good um what's the next question that we did that one Oh, is that the one we did? Right. right. My bad. Oh, there was there was a other. I want to talk about electric bikes, because Chris Real rode some electric bikes. Oh, yeah, Can Am. So Can Am a couple weeks ago released their their electric bike. They have an adventure bike and kind of a urban urban bike. And I know we've had Jason Abbott, who's their um, three wheeled media market guy, on the show before. And so I went and kind of watched their presentation, and it was just, hey, look, here's what we've got. Here's they're they're very much still prototype stage so much so that when I kind of asked about range and weight, uh, those are they were saying uh, to be determined. But I'm kind of expecting that you're going to see those bikes in production in about a year, and then uh, and it's kind of when you see a company like BRP, which is Polaris, and I mean they're I'm, big. I'm they sorry, make no, planes. I'm sorry, Can Am and Bombardier and and you know all the Can Am different motorcycle stuff. When you see a company like that getting into it. Uh, they feel like there's a there's a big market in this, and that just kind of lends a lot more credibility. These companies like they just surf, released an electric surfboard that's pretty sweet. Like sir, oh, because they make boats too. Lots yeah, of a boats. lot of boats. Yeah, more so, jet skis than anybody probably. Yep, and so they they know how to make um, vehicles, mm-hmm. and they're definitely getting into this electric mobility stuff. And when you see these companies, you know, like you, you know companies like Suron and a couple of these other things are going to become kind of mainstream because they got a little bit of a head start and they have a you know they're starting to work their way up from these kind of toy-like vehicles into vehicles that could potentially be a lot better and you know the major manufacturers are sort of leaving the door open you know ktm tried with the the free ride e which uh why is why is this which which by the way if you want one of those things they're no longer twelve thousand dollars they're like you know seven or eight thousand nine thousand dollars a free ride yeah they the prices come way Who's down. Who's that bike for though? You you and three buddies that want to ride around someplace just, where you can't make any noise. Just go rip the strip up and down the yeah, stairs. Yeah, but, but you could buy but uh, you could buy three Surons for yeah. the price of two of those. Sure, sure. No, it's probably two for one. Yeah. You know, so okay. it, this is this is where you know you know the KTM. You know, it's a good high quality product that's been properly durability tested um and then the you know stuff like the surrounds and the other ones who knows oh who knows yeah they're 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 piecing things together without a lot of right 
And yeah. Flynn825 wants to know how the uh, WR450 project is coming along. Uh, that is coming along nicely. Uh, I, my seat shipped, so I have the seat coming. I have my gas tank, and so the gas tank and seat kind of go together because it, it needs to be specially cut for for that. Uh, I have a Scott steering da- damper, um, fast company handlebars going on. So it's going to be a typical Jimmy build, and we'll see. I may end up with a recluse clutch in it. Might I don't just, know about this bike, but might just have to get one. Uh, it's our, our test WR450. I'm gonna, oh yeah, no. I'm going to build it into a, a, a whatever bikes that Trevor builds. I'm just going to. It'll be a killer. <laughs> you just go beat uh, his 250s well, up. Whatever he has, he's going to have his things. And it's going to be have, a 250. Um, so, well, no, yeah. he's doing all the 450s yes. that he's doing right now. But whatever he builds and stuff, I'm just going to bring my WR there, and all I have to do is go through my little power tune app, go like that, and it'll be better than all of his. I can I can make it in any bike, and it'll be Sano. So that's where that's at, Flynn. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now. All right, so moving on, we got Frank White. So I hear Chris Riel and <laughs> you do not like our ATK 700. So Frank White is the one that bought, he bought ATK. Ah. And then he bought the leftover Cannondale supplies. And then he made the ATK 700. Is and that a two-stroke 700? It was a two-stroke 700. And Frank contacted me. And uh, said, hey, and I said, hey, I think you got two of the top three worst bikes ever. You, you now possess the machinery, the, the, the equipment to make because we because Cannondale came up on the list for Cannondale and, uh, and now, you know, now he converted those into ATKs and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Frank's getting older and, and he said maybe he even these days couldn't start a ATK 700. But, yeah, Frank, for a guy that had such success in, in you know, with motorcycle companies here. To, to have that many of the of our worst bikes that's a that's an accolade all of its own that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not easy to do yeah <laughs> right i saw an atk this weekend i haven't seen one forever <laughs> yeah uh, uh, like a like a canadale atk or a or no no two-stroke i was two-stroke two oh stroke, yeah, yeah the old can-am yeah, yeah so it's a can it's the rotax motor with yeah. the with the yeah those are yeah i was at the hare and hound seven-year-old dude was riding it right on yeah, yeah amen see, right some people love that stuff yeah Okay, next. He was, he was a good rider, I think. Where are we at? What I saw. Oh, at? okay. Good evening. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay, so. Your faith wonderful. No, good evening, Jimmy and crew. Oh, good evening, Jimmy and crew members. I have recently that's, that's purchased you. a new. Or maybe I'm the crew member of this. Uh, I recently purchased a new front rotor guard, <laughs> STR. And I'm now looking for a dirt bike to install it on. What do you. So it's got a good start. He's got a rotor guard. Right. That's where you want to start with almost any bike. This dude's gnarly. Like, the fact that I have that much influence and I can get somebody to buy. See, I'm an influencer, YouTube. I mean, Instagram, whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going to actually, you know. by the way. Yeah, yeah, I I can influence somebody to buy a front brake rotor protector Mm because they hate me because they're just doing it to spite me. And then they're going to buy a bike to put it on. What bike should he put it on? There's no doubt. An ATK 700. It's right that, there. That's like, that's what you do. I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I've run into Flavor Flav a couple times. You know, in Vegas, tequila yeah, tasting, yeah, different yeah. things. I'm getting my disc rotor out of there, and I'm making myself a freaking a clock, a clock. Getting like, a yeah I'm boy running, out of it. I'm running front disc rotor around the neck. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's get it. <laughs> all right, Jimmy. Thank you for all your reviews on DBT. If you have time, just a couple of questions. I recently bought a 15 Husky FE501S. Does that mean supermoto or what is that? 
Uh, no, it's a street legal one. Street legal. That's what. Yeah. I, oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Stock other than suspension and seat. As pro taper bars, plan on riding dual sport BDRs primarily, but I still want to hit the desert, mainly Akatia Wells, Red Mountain, and SoCal. What are your ideas on tires for dual sport? And any of their setup ideas. My background for riding has been open desert. Thanks for any info you have and time to suggest. He said he asked. Is, is what kind of Jimmy? tires? He said Jimmy, right? Yeah. He's asking you. What what tires do you think I would say? Oh uh, well, I know you like the Parker DTs. I think those Ken, are even DOT, aren't they? Ken the Parker DTs that are, are they DOT? DOT. That's what I put on the bike in the test. I love those tires. Are they, are they DOT? Yeah, they're DOT. Sure. Yeah, wow. either that or that in a in an equilibrium on the back. So like in the summer, I tend to run the equilibrium. In the, in the winter, I tend to run the uh, Parker DT in the rear. But uh, that's a that's a great set of tires, and I, I have to say that Kenda does support my off-road riding schools. Um, great, mm-hmm. great supporter of our schools. So, uh, but there are all different kinds of tires. The cool thing about the tires, if you don't like them, just take them off and get another set. And if you mm-hmm. take them off quick enough, you can sell them for half of what you paid yeah, for. Yeah, like all these people, with, you're never married to your tires. Man. No. I can, I never, never. And we started know. off talking the show about the how you can put the wrong front tire. And someone in the chat said that there's good Shinko tires. They were happy with the Shinko tires. So. Yeah, good. God bless them. Hey, so, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I've, I've just really fell in love with the the parker dts and i put them on that particular bike and they enhanced everything it did uh i just like my ktms that i run them on uh and i actually really happy with the dunlops on the yamaha wr which is strange for me to say because i'm never really happy with the dunlops but on the wr but i can't wait i can't wait to put some kendas on on the wr which probably will do also uh one of guys, uh, Sean Casey. So, do you make sure you're in, on DOT when you're riding dual sport? Not on purpose, but it do sure does care? help. Yeah, it. it no, I don't care. But if it if it ever came down to it, Sean Casey says to be an influencer, you have to be have to first be worthless. Are you saying <laughs> I'm not worthless? I think that's what he's saying. Thank you. Yeah, Kenda says the Kendas are Victor says Kendas are great. Okay, hey, next next. Uh, Next question. Okay, John Rowe, uh, Cove. I'm an African. Our fuel sucks. So how easy or hard is it to remove all the emission stuff on the, i.e., the cat, charcoal canister, et cetera, is, et cetera? Is there anything else? And I'm assuming the ECU would need remap to richen it up. This is on the Cove. Cove, Cove. That, yeah, so on the Cove, Cove the, 450 video. So the, the answer is... I have no idea because we didn't try to do any of that stuff. We just rode the bike stock kind of the way that I feel that motorcycles should be tested. Um, mostly, mostly stock. And that way you have, you know, you don't just go and modify something until you have a fair, fair, a fair amount of time on until it. You, yeah, yeah really. modify it. So I know that they're able to do some work with the ECUs because they have a competition one. And I suspect that, that, that there's going to be people that'll get in there and do mapping. I don't know if the if the ECU is very similar to some other bike or it's their own unique one. It didn't look like anything I'd seen before, but having done work with Christini's in the past, there is tuning software that you can get your hands on to do this. Uh, I don't know how bad your fuel is there, but I tell you what, it's probably not any worse than the fuel they have in China. Uh, really? <laughs> you know, I think there's I think there's places with lesser quality fuel and those bikes are being shipped all over the world. If if you have a good importer in your country, like Kinda. the importer here is really proactive on on paying attention to this stuff, they will probably have some sort of a setup for you 
to, to make that work. But, um, you know, I, I can't speak specifically to your thing. But, you know, taking the emissions stuff off, quote, the emissions delete stuff off, that doesn't affect... It, it leans the bike out is is what it is what it does uh, because it's actually it's sucking the fumes out into the canister and then the engine's sucking those fumes back in so technically it riches the bike up so all these guys that are like oh yeah i did an emissions delete and made my bike run better i'm like it's already lean and you want it to run leaner i mean it's not much leaner but it is leaner so right uh yeah Next one, and that's that's part of the deal is all those guys that get emissions kind of set them up a little too lean anyway, right? Right, yeah. Uh, perhaps two teeth up on. The, I think this is a fault. Of the other half of his question. No, it's a different guy. Oh, okay. Another cove. Yeah. Oh, it is a different guy. American ninety six. Perhaps two teeth up on the rear pocket might help the bottom end. So here's the funny thing about um, on the cove. You know, yeah, when you when you start changing the gearing on on bikes, and people say, yeah, it'll help the it'll help the the bottom end. It doesn't really it doesn't really change the way the engine performs. It just lowers the gear ratio, so it makes it work easier. So if it's a little lacking, you know, it doesn't have the power. Then by changing the gearing, you're fooling the engine into acting like it has more power. So yes, that 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 is something would happen on that bike. For what we use it for, for adventure trolling, for sure, I would not change it. But if I were going to do more trail riding, more, more aggressive stuff, stuff, it would definitely, I wouldn't say two teeth in the rear. I'd go one up or one uh, one down on the counter. That big of a change. Yeah, at least three teeth. At, like least, at least three, three on teeth the on rear, the rear. Yeah. yeah, and maybe even more. Maybe even one really? one on the counter and one or two on the rear because, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of narrow it back up. But, um, yeah, the motor, like I said, the motor is like a 350. It's not super spectacular. Uh, and it's funny because I, I, I still remember some dig dongs on the oh, one of those influencer people like talking about how the bike had too much power and was too snappy. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you comparing it to? <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, a KLR 650. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, those uh, things will tear your arms out. <laughs> yeah. Took, took, took one stroke at a time. OK. I like this guy's name. Tie one on sixteen fourteen. OK. The typical GPX bike is for 2016 KTM frame. WEP Showa suspension outside. What? But other brand internals and Honda wheels, brakes, sprockets, etc. Those NC motors are reliable too. I like this name. Everything after that. What is this guy talking about? Well, he's a uh, he's he he's he knows. He's actually he's he's kind of on point there. He's he's just pointing. He's just naming stuff. stuff. Hey, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're putting comments on our post because they. What they, is a they, GPX they, they bike? Better. It's a, it's a well, GPX is the importer for the Cove. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. They, they're, yeah, they're, I better learn about that it's, bike. It's huh? like a lot of those things, and all those factories in China are all producing the same. You know, it's like they're they're producing a lot of the same stuff and different things. You throwing shit at me, Logan? No. Did you Give fall asleep? Did you fall asleep and tip <laughs> over over there? No. Show's good tonight, huh? The 107 proof got got Logan over oh, there. Oh, just from the just from the whiffs of it? Uh, I wouldn't count oh, on that, but uh, when we weren't looking. Yeah. Hey, do you have any new friends in the in in the Vegas community with the first name of Officer? No. <laughs> no. No, you're doing good. You're staying out of trouble. Good boy. That work will straighten your ass out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I agree. And and uh, yeah, the NC motors. I don't know what NC, but um, what's maybe, a WT WP Showa suspension? Is well, it, it's. Has <laughs> it got one of each on? 
it, it's it's like a show on the outside, but WP ish internals on the inside. It, uh-huh. You know, but they, they that's what they do. It's like I don't want to say they copy everything, but they copy everything. They 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 do, and they yeah. they 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 piece me a little or whatever. They they and they make it work because that bike. I like I said, I was I was frankly very surprised. Honda, Honda wheels. Yeah, they're not Honda wheels. They're shaped the same. <laughs> round. Yeah. yeah, they're round. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Next one. All right, Mr. David Fusher. My twenty my twenty twenty three GPX FSE two fifty E. So this is the this is the two fifty four stroke ish KTM ish knockoff WP Showa bike. Yeah. Okay. Has <laughs> had the ignition cut out and put me on the side of the road about seven times in four hundred miles. I put on it. Seems to be heat related. All connections tight. Guess I'll start replacing the ignition boot, wires, plugs, and coils. Also. Had do the stator. Had. No, do do replace the stator. This yeah. sounds if it's if it's heat related, it's what happens is like maybe the epoxy inside the stator Schmelt. isn't that good, and, it, and a wire wiggles and it causes a it causes a short or a fault. I would go. I've always just when your symptoms, I would feel very comfortable replacing the stator. But keep going. Okay. Also have extreme fork stiction, but not from the seals. I don't know how I would be able to trust a cove. It's funny that I always seem to get the bad one while the YouTubers get the good ones. Oh, well. So, uh, yeah, we got the good one. We got the same good one that everybody else wrote. No fork stiction? Uh, No, there was no fork stiction. So I would not be surprised if... So if if you if the, if it's not the seal, so if you take the forks off and they move, they slide individually nicely. Check your axle and wheel. Do you alignment. think he just pulled the dust covers down and thought he was taking the seals off? How how do you test it without the well, seals? Well, you just move it. You know, he just no, he just he just moved it and he he was trying to he was trying to see if it was the seals that were sticking on the sliders. You know, just by just by pushing on it and moving it. Oh, okay. Because you know, you know, have you ever had like really sticky fork seals? Yeah, go buy four, anything. Four CS yeah. forks, yes. Four CSs, or even like a, you go buy something with new KYBs. The first oh, ten yeah, minutes yeah. on those things. Yeah, they got it. Yeah, they got to break in. So, so, but I would be willing to bet that you have a misaligned front end, and that maybe there's maybe there's some torque on the. You know, it's not maybe assembled like properly. His, uh, pinch bolts are bad. Maybe the pinch bolts. You yeah, know, check the, your pinch the, bolts. The way bro, that, learn how to do that. Yeah, the way you're seating the axle. Is is not proper. Um, maybe the disc is not necessarily. This is the kind of stuff that you will get with. Not yeah, who preps pop, those bikes? Not you popular know, brands. Who well, sells them? Well, I mean, are well, they sold in like the same type of shops? Yeah, whether that? it's prepped or whether it's it's actually the build. Because I have seen. We bought this mini bike at Dirt Rider. I just went down to the local lawnmower shop that sold this mini Aprilia 450 that that was a 110 uh-huh. pit bike, and I said that looks cool. I'm buying it. And you you would not believe when when and and when we went in there to buy it, uh, and the, the guy goes the guy you know he's like he's he, he thought we were a little big for it which we were but he, he goes he goes what are you gonna do with it we're like we're gonna go off some sick jumps because this thing will this thing do sick jumps and he's like, oh. oh he just started he went right into sales mode he's like oh yeah that's that's the best one for sick jumps I mean we got one over here that's better but like that's the that's the one all my jumpers come in and, and buy you know and it was but anyways. So we got this thing, and the first thing I did was got it, and I kind of took it apart a little bit just to see stuff. And I don't know if it was this bike or another one, but one of them, the the actually the disc rotor was installed on the other side of the pads. So so oh gotcha. So the, so the pads were on pins, and it was so it was actually pinching on the pad holding. The two pads were next to each other. Then the disc rotor, then the then the caliper. 
that that that's what I'm wondering. Like, are, are these okay, things being so, sold at like? So I said, "Oh, this is interesting." So I went back and looked in the shop. They were all like that. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa! Like, do they not know, or or, or is that actually a thing? So so when I, like I said, when I took it apart and I started playing around with it, it was really hard to get the disc rotor in there. So I actually had to space the caliper. Probably the floating caliper. It wasn't have. floating. No, I was say, it didn't have one floating. Yeah, I had to space the caliper over to get it to line with the disc. This is the this is the root cause of the problem. But this is the way they were being sold, and uh-huh. and and they don't care. It's just like I make fork, I make break, I make. Do they? Wheel. Do, do and, they? Yeah, that's all and, and, easy and stuff I to put, line up. I put together, especially wheels. Get into, yeah. as you know, get into the wheel intricacies of wheels and stuff yeah. like that, and spacers and axles, angles and, and, and spokes, they, and, and a different all, kind just, of two cross, three cross spoking. You, you know, really want a company that knows what they're doing to yeah, do yeah. that stuff. Yeah, especially like axle alignment on forks so, and things like that. So yeah, you may be you may be getting the lemon, or you may be getting the normal ones. And and if the importer is good, I for sure. And and this is why I. I Kind of didn't give them a whole lot of warning. It was just, give me that bike. I'm gonna ride it back to Nevada. Was sort of the was kind of the the. I mean, it was a little more cordial, you know, cordial than that. A but, little more. Uh, but you know, the the I'd seen the bike had been around, but you're gonna start seeing it real soon because a lot of customers are buying them. There's a lot of people that are really happy with them. A couple of people have a few questions because I pay attention a little bit on the on the forms just because I want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, uh, you may have got the the bad one, but man, I tell you what, when I went to the, some of the shows and there's you know the Asian bike pavilion and you walk through there and there's five versions of the same thing with different names on them. Names and colors. Yeah. yeah uh, it's and, and you look at it closely and you go, oh, this guy cheaped out on the on the plastic because his plastic's like a millimeter thick where the other one's three millimeters thick. Yeah. And just just and they can probably order them that way or that's just what you get. I don't. I don't know. It's not like it's not like a Honda or a Yamaha or Kawasaki or a Suzuki or a KTM that have been around for a long time, and they depend on their reputation. And and it looks, from my impression, Cove specifically. I don't know about the other GPX products. Their mini bikes sometimes are a little bit sketchy, but they got better at it. And yeah, everybody's getting better at that. They they have that, to just to survive. Thing. They have to, and I mean, you have to learn on. Yeah. Uh, go look at a Tesla. You'll see a lot of things like that on those. Yeah. Uh, there's some junk new stuff car too. company. You Jason know? Reeves says KTM 500 versus Husky 500. Uh, Jason, uh, that comes down to PDS versus linkage suspension or whether you like white or orange better. I tend to like PDS suspension and I like orange better, but... Uh, it's a, it's the, the Husky has a little bit wider range and where the suspension works without you having to go into the clickers. Let's say you, if you set them up at a baseline, the, the Husky has a little bit wider, uh, wider range in my opinion, but there's some things about the Husky, the the power characters, it's just ever so slightly different, not in my favor. So, uh, yeah, if there's any chance you could get a chance to ride uh, both those things, but in reality, most people wouldn't notice any of the differences anyways. It's probably which color you like better. Hopefully that helps your, uh, helps your quest. So, okay, we got another one down there? Down there we do, yeah. Okay. So if you're, if you're, if you're wondering how we, how we do this show, uh, basically if you comment in our YouTube videos, you know, comment in the things, send us an email. It's pr- really not that hard to figure out our emails here. 
let us let us know uh, if you have a question we can answer, or just get in the you know watch the show when it's live, and you can chat and uh, the question we answer it straight away. Somebody just like said, look, it popped up. Asher Lido. I have no idea how there is no USA made dirt bike company and how low volume, high margin dirt bikes are. You would think a company would come along. Uh, Canada tried it. <laughs> Try manufacturing anything here. See what payroll. This is absurd. Yeah, it's all it's all absurd to try to. We got we got a every every American company has a greedy partner. Yeah, yeah. It's called Uncle Sam. He's pretty uh, greedy. No, I've not ridden an Aprilia Touring six sixty. I talked to them about it, and they were, um, yeah, they were uh, they they were they were excited, but then they they went down Influencer Boulevard. There was guys with more more Instagram followers than me that got to ride those things. <laughs> That's why I need 20,000. Get your damn friends to subscribe to the, to the YouTube channel and like us on the, the Instabook face things, Twitter grinder, <laughs> whatever we do. Okay. Back here. Yeah. Up from no strength. What do you guys weigh? That's a personal question. I weigh 103 kangaroos. 103 kangaroos. Uh, somebody I'm, weighed me in kilograms the other day, and it was. Oh, that's kangaroos. a that's a lot. I, that's yeah, like I, I used to 230. When, I, uh, when uh, I was uh, racing, I think I was like 88 Corsa. kg or something. But I, I'm 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 a, actually I hit 190 the other day. It went down. Yeah, yeah dropped 10. I, I'm actually headed the right way, but I don't, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Now, what, why is the 85? What's your height? From oh, that's a personal question too. What are we doing here with these? Come on, uh, I'm five uh, nine and a half toes tall. Nine and three, three just nine uh, and a half toes uh, tall. Eight, five eight and seven tenths. I don't know. Nice, like, yeah. yeah, no. I thought you're missing a toe and a half, not just half. Eight well, I'm missing half. a toe and half of a finger, part of a finger and, a, and a, most of a toe, but that doesn't affect mm. my height. <laughs> I don't know. If he's asking how high you should be for a YZ85, I, oh, I think you need... I, I can ride one. I can rip around one of those things. Yeah, not me. Yeah. No, I've been I, pretty I, well. I, 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 I got getting that low boy scrunch thing. That's why that's why I would like you can't ride I you know, Surons and all those are cool, but they're basically the size of I want to get one YZ85. so I can just see how long it takes to break in half. Because some of these frame designs the these forks things, are it just bends. You the won't forks. make it ten minutes. Hey, but they have a cool coating on them. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah, they are coated. You wouldn't make a set of forks wouldn't last you ten seconds. Hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, you broken one yet, Logan? Mm-mm. You don't have one. Uh-uh. You haven't broke your friends. No, they won't let you ride it. He hasn't, he hasn't ridden much. Yeah. One. Just one wheel guy. I don't. I don't like how they. They're like. They're two seat high or something. If yeah. you ride dirt bikes, like they come they're the really stink buggy pick. feeling. No, it's just like they just found a motor and welded yeah, the frame they, around they, it. Yeah, they did not. The geometry guy skipped that day. It's it's funny. I'll be dead honest. I'm not saying you can't ride them. That people are. It's obvious. Yeah, out of curiosity, I've watched some of these electric bike review They're guys. Horribly and, uncomfortable. And, and yeah, these guys that it's like, have you ridden dirt bikes? And I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of them have come in from mountain bikes. They were kind of in the mountain bike scheme of things, and they just kind of converted over. And they're just talking about these things like. Man, how shitty did your mountain bike handle? <laughs> so, yeah, how dirty was that thing? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get pretty quick. Um, All right, let's roll. We're gonna get pretty quick here. To we'll 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 probably stop at the end of the Cove questions. Or no, we're already past them because we got to do WR four fifty F total glitch asks. Can you ride these on the road at sixty five miles an hour for thirty 
miles without con consistently rebuilding an engine? Well, I don't like rebuilding the engine while I'm going 65 miles an hour on the highway. So, <laughs> so I would say that the answer is yes. You can. You can. That's pull. nothing for that motor. No, there that is, is so nothing overbuilt. for that. Uh, no, I, I, I would, I would ride it 90 miles an hour for an hour and a half, <laughs> and. That would still not be full throttle, by the way, because it goes like yeah. 102. I know this because I did it the other mm -hmm. day, or at least one with a uh, and a slip-on exhaust and a tuned ECU. Uh, I, I did it for seven or eight minutes on the dry lake bed just to do it for the heck of it. Let's, if you, yeah, but yeah, that's okay. nothing for that. Moment. So we're gonna, it'll, it'll do that for hundreds of hours. Yeah, we're gonna swing over to the. We're gonna switch gears and go into Rooster Endo. Let's do it. So I think this is the. First, right we got to get because because someone someone and this is what you got to get. This is so, okay. Logan, Logan, you gonna find that? You got to put up the uh, the DRZ four hundred. Yeah, I think 05. it's Asher's Asher's photo. Oh yeah, it's... there we go. All right, oh five Zook DRZ four hundred S. What's what's his name? Is uh, Asher. Is it? I don't have it. Oh boy, he sent me some emails. He was really, he yeah. was really wanted to make sure we got this. Is that the here. picture right there? That's the picture. Okay. He's. It's a pretty sweet view. mountains. I think this is also a resubmission. To be honest, it is. With you. Yeah. We've seen this. He before. said he's added a bunch of stuff to it. Okay. He's got Race Tech Springs. Uh huh. Cool. Can't see him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I, Three point nine IMS tank. I can see that. Yep. Yep. Pro Taper CR high bands, Tusk full wrap handguards, Zeta triple cramp with handguard mount, Amazon tack, pegs, case saver, and blinkers. <laughs> Amazon? Okay. Tusk uh, that, that, that would be one thing that I would suggest getting on Amazon. And if you do shop through Amazon, by the way, you can click through the link on Dirt Bike Test, and we get CC. a little small thing of that. We're one yeah, of those. Uh, get a we're there. one of those. Uh, what do they call us? Um, we're not influencers. We're uh, affiliates. Yeah. yeah, affiliate. Yeah, affiliate us. Give us, give us, a, especially when you're buying big screen TVs and uh, backyard pools. Okay, keep going. Ta party. Yeah. Okay. After the Amazon tag, pegs. Amazon pegs. Am Amazon yeah. pegs. Yeah, for pegs. Tusk clutch lever with custom added pivot bearing. Moose easy pull system. And if you're Is shopping that? for Tusk stuff, go to Rocky Mountain MC through the oh, link so. on Dirt Bike Test as well. Same things. Oh, wow. Mark just straight went to Endo. He have not even got to the end of the list yet. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tusk high performance clutch. Backup kickstart. New left radiator. I guess that means... There was a little tip over involved. You know, Bulletproof Designs makes radiator guards. I don't know if they make them for this particular DRZ. They yeah. probably do because they've been around forever. Oh, nope. He got smart. He got Flatlands. Oh, Flatlands. Radiator guards and yep. skid plate. That's, uh, yeah, that's okay. But I would <laughs> go with Bulletproof Designs because they are a sponsor of this show. rewelded the frame, which means well, it broke once and then bad what weld. What is he doing with that thing? He's shredding, bro. Yeah. He's a shredder. Electrical tape numbers. He put no hashtag 711 on there. Custom license plate holder by the president of San Diego Off-Road Coalition. So there's one more line there. And he also yep. says if you are in... Uh, P.S. If you live in SoCal, join San Diego Off-Road Coalition. Your membership helps open new trails. Yes. Love, love to hear that. So, I'll yeah. drink to that. So uh, it's Asher Petkovich. Asher Petkovich. So uh, 
so I'm, I'm gonna. That's a pretty picture. And in Roosterendo, we do like to see the bike. Something, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of ass. Do you get a feeling this guy rides a lot, though? I, think, I, I don't really know why I could say that, but I feel like this guy rides a lot. I think he rides a lot, yeah. And I don't necessarily I mean, his love tires, his bike setup, his but tires are worn. I mean, but you know, he's got a DRZ. He's he's, he's mobbing the thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's breaking frames and doing that stuff. Tires are worn out. It's yeah, a, it's a pretty picture. It looks like he's end of a nice it's a day. Cool area for sure. Yeah, it's up the mountain the, high. Yeah, up on a nice gravel road up I, there. I got a feeling that guy rides a lot, which uh, that's the real secret. Thirteen thousand right? miles off road. Oh, I didn't see that. So it's Asher Lido. So that's his. That's his. Oh, uh, 13. That's, his that's a lot. Stage name. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. How do I have those feelings about these I, guys? I, wanna, I don't know how I know. I know. I, I want to see the. Fun here. <laughs> I want to see the. I want to see more of the bike. But maybe he's trying to catch some of the reflection off the gas tank there, on the side. Numbers. Uh, I'm gonna say for 13k miles that thing roost because. Okay, I'm gonna. Anything you ride like that. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with roost also. Yeah. I, I even though Mark purely because he rides it. it right. Yeah. What's our next guy? We got Michael Thompson, 2012 WR450F Tour of Idaho Special. He calls this one, he named it after Trump's, Trump's girlfriend, Stormy. Stormy. Yeah. <laughs> we got flex bars on it. Love that. Impact pegs from Fast. Same people that make the handlebars. Yep. Seat concept seat. It looks like Rocky Mountain ATV Tusk wraparound handguards. Kenda Parker DTs. Trail Tech He's Lord. lying. That's not a Parker on the front. It's not. It's no, it's totally a, it not. looks like a Pirelli or a Michelin. Yeah, it's totally not. A, okay. Yeah, I think. I think that's the first I, thing you spot about. Kenda. I think he's going for. I think he's going that for. That front butter. tire is weird looking. Oh yeah, it looks like a little racer. You spot it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I think he's buttering. He's buttering us up, trying to throw down a couple of my. He sponsors. is. He's throwing down some stuff okay, here. Okay, where do we go? We got a Trail Tech Voyager Pro with a fan kit. With a fan kit. Well. They, oh, yeah. oh, the F Trail Tech Voyager Pro and, and a the fan kit. Fan yeah, kit. Yeah. It, it, I'm like, yeah. are you? Oh, it does say and. My bad. Hey, he needs to he needs to go take the Trail Tech Voyager survey, which I'm going to go ahead and throw up in the chat. If you're listening right now and you want to influence the future of, I'll do it. You'll do it. Logan's going to do it for me, so I can pay attention. Um, okay. Uh, Trail Tech is looking for some feedback on GPS units, and you could win 500 bucks. And if you win 500 bucks, since I told you about it, I would like a small portion of that money so that I can uh, afford to buy more whiskey, uh, bourbon, because Jimmy's going to drink this thing dry by the time we get done with this list. Keep going. Yep. I don't work for free. <laughs> Giant, a Wolfman fender and headlight bag. What's a headlight bag? Uh, it's a bag oh. that flops over the top of your headlight. That is the one thing I'm not loving. Really? I, I like to put them on the other side, but I only like to carry, like, my registration in there because that is a really high. It's almost as bad as a tank bag. It just doesn't hit you in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. What do you put in there? Um, a jacket. Yeah. A rain windbreaker. Yeah. yeah, something light, huh? Right. You'd feel it kind of weirdly if it was too heavy, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. like, like remember those Cherby's gas tanks that bolt onto your front yeah, and plate? Yeah, I do remember them. I never yeah. used one, but I, <laughs> they weren't long-lived. <laughs> Giant loop saddlebag and gas bags. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and the WR, that's a big problem is the fuel capacity. They, yeah, they, they got the backwards motor, right? No, the, he's on the forward motor still. Oh, okay. So, so gas tank in the kind of traditional spot on that. Yep. Okay. Thumper Jockey three thousand lights. I can't see them, but I never. I don't know what those are. Probably good lights, right? 
Uh, no idea. It sounds like Amazon. I was gonna say that's not like a that's that's our that's our uh, that's our list. Uh, well, cool bike. It's a it's a is that, it a tour of Idaho special? It's a tour of Idaho special, and and if you're doing tour Idaho, you definitely it. have to call, you'd have to uh, carry a lot of gas on that particular bike. His 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 license plate looks like it's a it's a cooking tray on the back fender. I think that's what's up there. Or maybe, no, maybe that's part of the rack. Uh, no, I think that's the fender, and then it the mount's actually pretty low. Well, yeah, the 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 things up there. That that was a that was a very confusing year for the Yamaha WR450. I actually have really? I have one of those bikes. It's my DJ Rodney O bike. That's what that. that- that, that's yeah, what that is. It's one that. of those. Yeah. It's it's not. It's it, Yamaha's always made a good motor. It's the five valve motor. Say that, that motor runs really good on the DJ yeah. XR five hundred. Yeah. And so yeah, nice. It's a nice pretty picture. Except he dropped your gloves in the ground, and so he's probably going to oh. hop on there, and he's going to wonder in three miles why his hands are cold. No, he just doesn't have media gloves, man. He had to throw them out of a pan <laughs> of those things. Yeah. And he probably he probably was he's riding with his buddies and they're all hauling ass and he had to get off and take a photo and he just did it really quick. Can you tell where he's he, at? Um, You've ridden everywhere. Where where would you call that? I want to say that's 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 well of course he said tour of Idaho. I want to say that's um, kind of it's one mountain range to the <laughs> east of Sun Valley. No, oh, that's amazing, right? Yeah, it's just where it feels like to, Tune in, to, folks. to me. <laughs> But uh, your, your photo is backlit in a very improper way. Uh, yeah, I'm not. The, I'm the, not the liking the. I'm not liking. I don't. I don't get to see the shine of the bike. He didn't. Talk, did he talk about his grip tape on the frame? Sell his grip tape on the frame. I was going to say his grip tape on the frame or those. Yeah, the some sticky, guards or sticky pads. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, kind of. You know, I. I, I, I the, what I, about that chain? It look adjusted right. It's a gold chain. Like yeah. what else matters? It can um, it can swing low. It's not sagging. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, uh, I like the Tour Idaho bike. I'm gonna go with. Oh boy, I hate to. Yeah, I, for you know, it's purposeful. It's very very purposeful, and the photo is pissing me off because I I you know. See, people would send me pictures like this when I was at the magazine. They're like, "Why didn't you put my picture in there?" Because the picture looks like shit. Excuse my French. I mean, but you know, it's not lit. I know, I know you can't carry strobes around. I know you got to catch back up to your buddies after this. That is not a Parker DT on the front, is it? No. Is it? No. No. Definitely it just doesn't have the right shape. It's it's weird on the side. Unless all the center knobs are gone. No. Logan, no, can you zoom in not, on it? I, I can see it. It's not. Yeah. Nope. No. Michelin, maybe. It looks. It does look like the Michelin. I it see them. Like, it looks like go, a go, scroll yeah. the scroll the rear tire. Go over by the rear tire so you can take a look at that thing. It's yeah. wasted too. It's hard to see. Yeah, it's, it's been used. Oh, that's a Kenda Barker TT on the back. Yeah. It says so right on the label. Sure does. That thing's chewed up. If you're only on day two of the tour of Idaho and your tire looks like that, buddy, you got to quit spinning that. I tire. see steg you, pegs on there too. Steg pegs. <laughs> I'm not a fan of those, but no. that's me. You need to. Uh, oh, look at the scratches on that thing. <laughs> Yeah. No wonder he hasn't leaned over outside of the line. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's a, a she's a hammered beast. I love it. Oh god, I get it. I guess <laughs> I guess other than the photo, I'm going with the roots. And look at the Scotch tape hanging on the zip tie. We got lots of GPSs and stuff up there. Yeah, too, well, you need that for tour of Idaho. Okay, oh, next we're okay. giving it a roots. Next, next, next contestant. All right, is baby Chris real? Chris real. We've heard of this guy before. This guy, yeah, he's. I don't even know if he knew he was. Deal. I don't even people know, know him. if he knew he was submitting this photo or not. But he did. Oh. 
Whoa, what the hell? I don't know what this is, but his 2022 Husqvarna 901 Norden. Yeah. Sweet. I didn't know they made that, but I've added it's a few. A, it's per- a KTM uh, 890. Really? Yeah, 890, oh, okay. 901. They're kind of close, so it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like the KTM 500 and the Husky 501. They're it's they're kind of the looking. same but different. They the Norden has its own specific shape and profile. Yeah, it. it's definitely right. Definitely looks like a sweet rally bike. Like really. the helmet, Chris is rocking the climb helmet. I see it there, but he's loaded yeah. and ready for bear. He is headed up. I've added a few personal items to make this bike since the photo. Double take mirrors. Good. That's a good. That's a really good mod. That's a win. Ram ball mounts for my communication gear. A Remus exhaust and a nice recluse clutch. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, he, yeah, he, he. He contacted me. He was he was struggling with the recluse in the beginning. I wonder if he got it completely sorted. But uh-huh. yeah, if he said nice, then I guess he's got it right because he's he's a picky guy. You know, this next sentence will tell you most likely that. And the other minor custom additions that I've re- relocated the hard luggage cases about three inches forward and leveled them to support my soft top bag. <laughs> Because that's, that's a picky guy, but because when he rides around, uh, he's a lot of times test taking a lot of test equipment with him, you know, uh-huh. whether it's sound testing equipment or some of his brake dynamics testing and different things. Yeah, so yeah, that's why he has a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So he probably goes a little. You don't want too much hanging off the back, obviously. Well, right? th- three inches is a lot. In some huge. people's, on, yeah, yeah. Like it can make a big difference, I'm told. Yeah, the relocation of the boxes move the weight forward of the rear axle, and this minimizes the high speed wind wiggle when I am loaded heavy. Yeah. There you go. Makes sense. This bike is not my dirt bike, but technology is appreciated on the dirt roads, and that lead to my touring and camping spots. Well, I, I was going to, I was right way just going to just attack him on the tires because they're just a little bit round. You know, they, they Kenda does make the, uh, Big block, it's a little more open, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. Look at his fender extension on the back. Yeah, I saw that. I would, yeah. He's got he's got so it's like a big long. That's probably something he's testing. Some top secret crap. Mm-hmm. Some no no splash fenders, or it's some regulation that we're gonna have in the you know. So that's where your fenders are gonna start hanging down in twenty twenty six. Yeah, thank he's you. kind of one thank of them you. leading edge guys. Thank on, you, uh, California and Austria. Oh, he doesn't like it. He he ha- he has no, no, to. No, no, no. I don't. I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't like it, but he has to has to try it. So yeah, no, he's like, he's kind of like. I've, uh, yeah that that bike that awkward. bike roosts for its particular thing, except for the tires. So um, I'm gonna just because the tires the only thing connecting the ground, Chris. I'm gonna endo. Nice. That's pretty. Look at the. It's that's such a good day to go riding if there's still that much snow in the oh. mountains and it's all yeah. dry out. On roads, mm-hmm. you could be dragging foot pegs. So, mm-hmm. uh, endo. Yeah. Where are you at? I think that's it on the. Oh, bikes. you you got to you got to rate the bike. Oh, where am I at it? Yeah. I love that thing. I like that. It, <laughs> I I honestly didn't even know they. they I never know they. Yo, you Husky know made a bike that looked like that. You're just a dirt bike guy. I, I guess God, I don't know. I ain't Matching up with that. bike and helmet. Yeah, he's got the stripe in there. I like it. It, re- it reminds me a lot of the old, like you know. I still love the. It's a GT tire, says Mike Thompson. It's a Grand Touring. Yeah, that's what he's doing with it. I just have to be mean. Looks like a pretty. Logan, sweet. what do you think? Any bike that looks like an old Dakar bike, I I'm all in on. It does have that Lucky Strike Kajiva yeah, shape to exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like the old. Kajiva. Exactly. Yeah, there's a picture one of those in the in the picture that Ryan Hanna did. It's right above your head. Uh-huh. The one that uh, that Daniel Laporte is on on the on the Albatross. That, yeah, yeah, that's that bike. Yeah, it does kind of have that, that look to it. I it's like pretty. It. Oh, you can't see it in the thing because the uh, 
Turn off the turn off the uh, chat thing. The, the upper right corner there. It's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, right up there. We just we just made it live on the screen. So if you're just watching now, you can see the picture. That's a God. I feel bad for cutting off Ryan's artwork. Yeah, leave the chat He's off for a little a baby, while. You know what? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. How do you find this stuff out? Is that what social media is for? BFFs to, on Facebook to to announce announce yeah. your babies. That's probably why I didn't have any because I didn't have social medias. So okay. Next one. Ah, uh, well, that's the bikes. That's all the roots or windows. No, there's got to be another one in there. Ian, uh-oh, really? Didn't make it? Mm-mm. Ian, Ian Landis? Oh, this is Supermoto. I'll tell you what it's got. It's okay. Got Supermoto wheels. Oh, this is a resubmit. It's really short yeah, it one. Is. It's a really oh, short one right right up. Uh, Rooster Endo. Maybe I deleted off the... I'm not really sure what Got he, some mag uh, wheels on he's just, it. He's just diving in hot for the... Uh, Got for an FMF the, exhaust the $100 on it. Tech so, so this is a Takomoto. Uh, by the way, um, Takomoto and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday are two completely separate things. Uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is my stupid idea and the good idea that Mike uh, Spurgeon had to invent Takomoto in Las Vegas is a completely separate thing. So uh, we got a two-stroke supermoto, right? No, it's just a four-stroke with a big giant header on it. Oh God! Okay. So he's leaning. Yeah, it, it is a four-stroke. He, he, he has a kickstand, but he's leaning it on the gas pump. That thing's lowered. The forks are sawed off. But he's got a he's got an adjustable kickstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, I see that. and mag wheels, and he's parked next to the diesel pump. Good on him. Uh, is that a carbon fiber gas tank? I think it is. Oh, I think you're right. All kind of low slungy type. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to be. That's an expensive bike. Viewed on this on this yeah, thing. the FMF titanium exhaust. But the fact that you would wreck it by putting supermoto wheels on it, you know, you know what could use an inertial damper on both ends? That bike. <laughs> he could use the counter shocks on that thing for that thing sure. Yeah. He's got mega rear front or front rotors on it. Probably a big yeah. He needs duels on the front of that thing. That would make what, it super is it custom. A, is that a Husqvarna? Uh, I would say yeah, something like that front has, fender. It has a linkage, yeah. It has a linkage, so it's it's hard. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's it looks a like a Husqvarna front fender, I guess. So I'm going with uh I, I did I remember when he first submitted this, I liked the shark mm-hmm. graphics. You remember that, Logan? Yeah. I, yeah. I know he, he I oh, but, an, but it was a dirt bike. Uh, yeah, he could flip it. No, he, it was still a supermoto. Oh, but, but he he's could flip it really easy. And he didn't mm-hmm. flip it. He just sent the photo in mm-hmm. uh, at a gas station. If if he would have got some hot chicks to stand next to it, I mean that bike's just got to be a full chick magnet, right? Look at yeah. Logan's Look at the bird looking legs at the back, in the back picture for for that. But you know the they they can't see Do that. We're seeing this. Need skid plates. They get. They can see it. Oh, when you when you scroll around like that? Oh, yeah. they can't see it when you move it on because you're showing it bigger to us. Yeah. Do supermotos need skid plates? If you're going to be mobbing over the drainage culverts, I think so. Right. Yeah, maybe oh, yeah. maybe you know when you're when you're doing the stunt show out in the middle of the freeway when you shut down the freeway. You're yeah, doing the stunt you show, start popping you over K rails. You go over the K rail, yeah, over the Armco to get on the other side. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, he better have good grammar. <laughs> what does Robert Lambert <laughs> say that for? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't either, but <laughs> what? Hand guards, I guess that's for if you crash, right? There's probably not a lot of trees on the street. 
Yeah, well, that's if you slide slide it down. You lay it down, right? Uh, Mark Daniels, I'm on the same page as you. It's uh, it's a little bit on the endo endo thing. <laughs> so it's it's just we're dirt bike test. It has the wrong tires. Uh, I'm sure that bike's sweet, but uh, you're gonna have to call up Scott Hoffman and get like, some sympathy sympathy from him. Yeah, probably for the price of wheels and tires and lowering suspension and all that, you could buy like two really good used dirt bikes. Sir, Surrounds? <laughs> probably buy one of those. <laughs> those two. Those things are like all the weird stuff. They sell more new than or used than they do new. Yeah. So okay. They're like nine grand to get them usable though. Yeah. Is that by all? By the way. Anybody out there thinking, think you you want to go oh, mobbing a Saran? Huh? You're like eight Saran. grand before that thing is really worthy. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I thought really. I didn't know this. I I thought they were like three thousand dollars. They look like a three thousand yeah. dollar pile of junk. Go buy a set of DVO forks, real hubs. Uh, yeah. All the pieces. You, that if you're you gonna, ride, you will break. You're so uh, Chris is defending his his bike. He says on the Norton, if I change my tires and the hard case relocation. I can't evaluate the wind wiggle change. It's mostly a street bike, so uh, hence I roosted him, just like the supermoto bike. And at this point, I occasionally sees a dirt road. He's he says he's, it's not serious ADV. He's, he's, he's honest. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, in reality, that's what most people do with their adventure bikes. In all honesty, and if I was going to do what Chris is doing, I would have rounder tires on my bikes as well. Yeah, I think that bike I would do I, that. I, I cannot keep. I cannot keep myself from going down dirt roads that I shouldn't on my adventure bike. So I have to, I have to run knobbies on it. And that's why I ride it. Cause if I'm just going to get from point A to point B, I end up uh, driving a truck. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Sean Casey says, what, what's that? Dry backs tucked in your slipstream, drop the cases, dry bags. I think he's dry bags. Tuck in your slipstream. Eh, I think he's. I think he's got a system. I, I knowing Chris, he has a system. Okay, so it's that time of the night where we decide who gets the hundred dollar uh, Takamoto gift certificate. Takamoto? I think. I think I have a. <laughs> um, Mark Daniel says his vote is for Chris Real because he contributes so much and he is way too honest. <laughs> I'm with that. I'll, That's true. You're going there too. His bike is equipped. I like but that. But the question I have for you, Jimmy, is who is missing Bible study tonight? Which one of those bikes is missing Bible study? Well, the guy who's got a ass ton of Amazon parts on his bike that he rides the hell out of. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I would never put my life on Amazon foot pegs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel I, like if a broken foot peg would kill you, right? It could at least hurt your nuts. It would definitely ruin at you. At least, yeah. It, I it, mean, you put a lot of faith on your foot pegs and handlebars, right? right? Yep. I, I wouldn't skip like you know, I wouldn't skip on that. Okay, was, so who's who's the so who's the Oh give Asher. Let's get some foot pegs on that thing, buddy. Okay. I I'm, I have to agree too. I mean Chris is Chris is local. If he needs I'll I'll hand Chris a hundred bucks next I time mean, I see him. I, just, I just yeah the contributions. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Takamoto gift certificate is going to Asher. Good who for you. who let's get by some the foot way, pegs on that, buddy. Who 
the frame broke before the foot pegs did. So there you go. Amazon's good for foot pegs now. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe someday. Asher, reach out. And maybe uh, today. Maybe those foot pegs with, are, a, with an email are better than even a set though, of IMS pegs. Even though I know I have you know your, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Even though I know you have your email, I will forget. So reach out with an email probably tomorrow sometime because I'm not paying attention right now. The uh, Baker's is actually uh, 107 proof way better than I thought. Yeah, it's working well. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining. Asher did skip Bible study tonight That's, to right. to come out, and he threw out a good thing for land use, which was awesome. Uh, I always yeah always yeah no, yeah. That. It sounds like uh, his club or whatever he belongs to. Yeah, doing some of the right things. Uh, I think we chose correctly. And, he, and and Robert Lambert says a hundred bucks isn't buying nothing but Amazon foot pegs. <laughs> well, it's a start. I mean, well, uh, Robert, hey, if you guys if you can guys, only show you where the water is, can't make you drink it. I promise it. you, if you guys all start going to Takamoto and saying, <laughs> "I hear him about this stuff that you talk about," I, I'm I you know I'm over there at Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Jimmy Lewis runs a good show. We'd love that you support him. It'd be so cool if you were giving away two hundred dollars an episode. Maybe this kind of stuff can happen. I'm not asking him to increase my my little take over here, but if I can do something for you guys, uh, that's what we're going to do. Hopefully we kept to a little bit of a format. I'm going to try to get more uh, guests on this show. Uh, super stoked that uh, Jimmy and Logan came in. Logan, you did a good job over there. You only fell asleep once hey. and uh, didn't really hit your head that hard when you Call hit the thing. But. I was trying to help you, but... You're, try, you're trying to help me. That, you, you've been trying to help me from, from day one, and actually it's come a long ways. I mean, like, you know, people said that, you know, well, one guy said that, you know, he, he wasn't stoked on your performance on the show, so we moved your producer. You're killing it over there. Mm-hmm. Better than that other guy. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Just got to work on the, on the back end, you know, getting it all. Do we decided who's doing that yet? Who's putting this up? We have no idea. This is the way I run my businesses. I let the I let the the insane people run the asylum. There you yeah. go. And it starts with me. So everybody, thanks a lot for joining in. Uh, support us uh, again. Our sponsors are Yamaha, Takomoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, and Fast Company. If you are shopping for those companies, uh, let them know you heard about it here, or at least we yeah. had some effect on you. Or, man, if you just say. The only reason I'm buying this damn product is because you support that stupid show that I listen to once a week. Uh, we do we do really appreciate it. And if you have any questions, uh, put them in the chat. Even if you're listening to this on the on the social platforms, uh, let us let us know. We will do our best to answer all of our questions. And we're here to uh, make your ride uh, better, right? Better. Yeah. Okay. Anything anything else, Logan? Not for me. Not for you. And Jimmy, you're all good. I'm great. Good Fantastic. Thing, good thing Logan's. Had a lot of fun. Good things Logan's driving home. Got nothing better than having a kid that can't drink drive you around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, it's fantastic. So, okay, buddy. Uh, until next week, we will uh, uh, see you on the trail. trail Hey guys, if you like the show and you want more content from Dirt Bike Test, you can always check us out on the web at www.dirtbiketest.com. And it never hurts if you tell a friend, watch us on YouTube, check us out on Facebook, or just plain buy everything we talk about and tell all of our sponsors that we're the best. See ya.